and we are live welcome back everybody to bearded drums live the best damn podcast on at 6 p.m on a thursday for drummers um as usual i have my running partner Jarrett with me and today we have a very special guest with us the second guest to be on bearded drums live mr cedric fiesel What's going on? What is up, my friend? He is a drummer extraordinaire, (laughs) very good friend of both Jarrett and I. He is one of the drummers that comes out to the Juke Joint Jams, uh, not as of late, but he is a a past Juke Joint Jammer for me and Jarrett on Sundays. Used to come out and hang out a lot, really, at least before the pandemic. Yes, sir, man. Um, And he is, like I said, drummer extraordinaire with his band, magnolia by you so we are very glad that you took the day off number one <laughs> to uh to come hang out with us oh man it's no problem i gotta come show some love for you guys man check these guys out every week man beer drums is where it's at man so as usual we are live it is thursday you are all here and we are going to go ahead and start the show off before we get to mr cedric fiesel and his career uh, but we will start off today, as we always start every show off, and to remind you that Bearded Drums comes to you live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, but you can also find the audio-only versions of the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Simply search Bearded Drums. So, if you don't want to watch us and you just want to hear us, you can do that as well. I upload the episode Every night, usually. <laughs> so it's pretty soon on both of the uh, the platforms that you can catch it uh, after this is up. This becomes a regular video, as always. So if you don't get us live, you can go back and watch it as a regular video on the Bearded Drums channel there at YouTube. And that's all I got for housekeeping today. <laughs> and um, as always, uh, to start off the show, I will do what I normally do and ask Jared how his week is going. I hope the answer is a little better than it has been. Jared, how is your week going? Slightly better. Not by much, but slightly better. Hey, any kind of better in there yeah. is, is fine. <laughs> I know you had a good weekend. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that in a minute, but I know J- well, you will see. Uh, Jared had a great weekend, actually. Um, but I'm glad to hear that it's a little better this week. I know you've had it rough. You didn't even make it to the juke joint on Sunday. No, between, uh, dun, dun. between AC man and uh, getting called in to work this week. I got an extra two days added on. Yeah. So it's been... um, which is not normal that you're not there. So uh, yeah. it, w- it was odd for me to have to play all night long. <laughs> uh, Brennan wasn't there. Uh, oh, Lord. So did I don't even think, I don't know if anybody sat in. Really? Um, it's been a bad week for everybody, dude. Well, I mean, it wasn't slow or anything, <laughs> but now I'm trying to think. No, I was it. That's a first for you in a while. I, yeah, I normally don't have to work all night. <laughs> Just you and Matt pretty much all night. Who was on base? Dakota. Oh, Dakota? Yeah, oh. Uh, I'm sorry. Doc Momo. <laughs> um, he's probably here um, if he hasn't chimed in already. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, it was odd to have to play the whole night. Uh, but it was fun. I can't think of anything particularly interesting that happened um it must have been fairly uneventful so (laughs) neither of you missed out on anything um so uh so that was my sunday um but 
Uh, to start off how we normally start off, you know this, you've seen the show, the show Cedric. Uh, we're going to start off with what we've got going on this week, and we are going to start off with Mr. Jarrett Taylor, who has a wonderful story to tell you about the drum set that he has been waiting forever for. <laughs> I can't remember. It's, it's been months. Yeah. Um, the, uh, oh, there we go. Sorry. It's um, been months, yeah. I know you've been waiting a long time, so... I think we mentioned it on the show last week that Friday you were leaving to go to uh, about an hour's north of us to Hattiesburg to go do the demo and pick your kid up. So tell us all about how it went, number one, and then tell us all about your super wonderful kit while I get some pictures pulled up. So showed up um, to Hattiesburg. There's a music school called Groove House that's up there where they do a bunch of lessons like guitar and everything. And one of the larger studios they had there. I walk in, I'm like, what's up, guys? And then Jordan's like, all right, dude, uh, just, you know, getting stuff sound checked if you want to come out. And I walk in, the kit's all set up, and I was like, ooh, goody. I had all my, like, nicks and nacks and everything, because I did what I needed. I brought, like, half my house of, like, drum stuff with Oh, me. of course, it flipped <laughs> sideways, but there. I did it landscape. Hey, I'm, I don't know. I don't it, know what the deal is. It's still uh, beautiful, though. I like so, it. So that's, uh, that's Colin of uh, the band called Goth Dad. They just released a new single uh, recently. Pretty good if you're into like indie rock, kind of emo, kind of sounding stuff. Yeah, really cool band. Um, so that's him. Whenever he did his demo portion, uh, and he was just demoing a snare drum, right? Yeah, and the kit. So, so he has his eight by fourteen snare drum. Uh, it's curly chape, uh, curly chapel. Curly Chapel, guys. That's Cur- the new new wood that we're making drums out of. Curly Cherry. Sorry. Curly Cherry. Uh, that he got uh one to make for him. And then he's playing the kit, and that's uh, 7 by 12, and that's the 14 by 16 with the 14 by 20. It's a cool-looking little room they got. They looks like they got, you know, they're set yeah, up yeah, right. The, yeah, the whole, that whole room is, is soundproofed. And nice. They, and it's, it doesn't look very big from this photo. Mm-hmm. But whenever we get the kit out and put all the other student stuff back up, it fits three drum sets in there. Oh, nice. Crap, um, with like a little shelf for all the books and stuff for them to use for teaching, too. Yeah. And it's all the kits they use, the ones that Swindle built uh, for the school. So he's got a small kit that's uh, 10, 14, 18 for like children. Mm-hmm. And then you have like a larger size. You got 12, 14, 20. And then you have another kit in the corner, which is uh, 13, 16, 22. Nice. He's got all three sizes that he's all built that's in the room. Very it's nice. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you get up there, and then you've you've been waiting all this time for this drum set. And I have to admit, man, like, I I don't know. I know you've told me what the finish was, and you've told me what it was going to look like, and I don't know what I was expecting. But this, like, turned out so nice. Oh, yeah. Like, it really is. And I remember you saying way back, that you actually, uh, the hoops are going to be the same color, right? Like, as far as the wood stain? I was going to do that, but then I decided to do the the different color. Okay, so but back way back when you thought about possibly having them put inlay. Yeah. Would the hoops have been the same color with the inlay? No, I would have done kind of what Gretsch does for their uh, satin yeah. finishes. So it would be like a dark walnut and then have the white marine pearl inlay. Yeah. Well, but I just figured just to do And the, I know that you didn't go for the... Um, the inlay, I think the hoops came out looking really nice. Like the contrast between the 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 typical natural finish on the shells and like you didn't go super dark with the hoops. I like that it's almost kind of like a 
like a cappuccino kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it the contrast is like subtle enough, but really nice. So, like I said, I was when you sent me the pictures, I thought the drum set came out looking really, really nice. Yeah, it's really beautiful, man. I love that. What's it? Well, how would you describe the sound of it? Like when you play, or have you played it yet? Yeah, I've been playing on it. Um, I've been trying to get it tuned up to where I play, and I was having some issues getting it. So those drums resonate for forever. Like it's <laughs> like it is scary. Like the four tom, whenever we're getting stuff demoed, I don't know how much gaff tape we put on because you would hit it and go <laughs> thong. And it, you, what do you say? You put on it the first go round, headwise. Uh. Coded ambassadors. Yeah, and you so, said it was just uh, too. Yeah, it said so much, and so I think I'm gonna have to go through and put like either like I want to try some thicker heads. Yes, and see if that kind of helps it a little bit, and then I might have to put die cast if it's some because those I've never had a, a drum kit like <laughs> r- like like resonate <laughs> so <laughs> much like it's like oh this is cool, and then you hit the floor tom and it just doesn't stop. Like yeah. it's, it gets ridiculous. The yeah, it's, it's all. I mean, it's I've, it's super cool, but I've also never dealt with anything like that before. So I'm like, well, this is very neat. And so, and those edges are like insane. How uh, Swindle did them, like they're really, really good. Like, well, uh, explain to all these folks, Jared, what did he do to the edges? Uh, so it's slight round over on the on the rack tom, and then you get closer to like thirty on the four toms, and then the bass drum's a full like baseball bat round over. Yeah. So it's following the, uh, the, the Pearl-esque yeah. reference formula. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, going back to the photos here, let me pull up another one. Um, I think the kit looks killer. That's it, the other floor Tom laying yeah, down on the floor? Yeah, that's the 16 in the back, yeah. And it's, so it's 22, 12, 14, 16? No, 20, 12, 14, 16. Ooh. Was it yeah. 16 by 14? Yeah. Um, so the... The idea behind getting this kit made was to have like two kits in one. Mm-hmm. So the sixteen, I I don't have it showing right now, but on the bottom side is an Evans Emad uh, that goes on it with the the Tom Hoop collar that fits on it, and that sounds really really sweet. It's really like real fong fong fong. Well, like yeah, yeah. For the resonant head, you got the Emad on the bottom. The- yeah, so that's just a coated head for the Rezo side, and then on the the other side where, where your resident head would be is an EMAD that fits on the 16-inch floor tom. Dude, I was wondering what they'll sound like. That, the they're awesome. My, I watch yeah. YouTube videos and uh, I just don't do just I thought about putting one on my kit, but I'm so uh, partial to Remo, man. I was like, I don't know, dude. So, But I always wonder what they sound like, but that's really cool, though. I yeah, check that out sometimes. Because I got the legs that go on the front of it that put it like an actual bass drum size. Oh, and so awesome. you can have the legs come out and it's got the little clip that goes on and then yeah. you got you got the 16 12 14 like a bop kit and then if i play it like a regular you know 12 14 or 12 16 or 12 14 16 with the 20 and they were both like swindle was very surprised but everyone else in the room was like is that a 22 i'm like that's a 20 baby <laughs> <laughs> like what? that's always a good re- reaction to a drum like is that a is that a 13 inch snare drum no, that's a fourteen, or is that a eighteen inch bass drum? No, that's you know like yeah. that's always good to get like the over expectation kind of thing going on when they're like, dude, that's kill, you know. So like I said, um, looking at the pictures, I think it really came out well. Yeah, that bass um, drum rips. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I know that you got to be happy at least just just to get it. Yeah, you've been waiting so long. So, but you went up there to do the demo for it as well. Yeah, so we recorded. Uh, be playing 
that configuration with the 12, 14, 16, and the 20-inch kick with my snare drum he built me last year. So I have that. I play that. And then Colin does it as 12, 16, 20. And he lowers the tuning even lower than I do. And he shows off his snare drum. And then there's another demo we did where I have it as the bop setup and kind of cranked everything up and played it that way. So you get like three different versions of that same kit. And he's doing this for like to put up on his website. Yeah, and also just to show off another uh, Stave kit he's built. And he's building the way. He doesn't have a website yet, right? He's in the process of getting it built, yeah. So you can look up Swindle um, on Instagram and Facebook? Facebook, yeah. Okay. How long has he been doing this? I, this first time I heard when I heard um, you mention him in earlier podcasts. How long has he been building drums? Do you know? Or? It's been a couple years. Really? I want to say it's like at minimum three but he's picked up a lot of steam. Like, uh, well, you don't know. Does, he's got a snare too. That, yeah, I mean, okay. that's why I remember hearing about it. So I was like, I didn't know there was a guy in Mississippi making drums, man. Like, yeah, he cool. built. Uh, so he did for Pearl's Indoor uh, Drumline since they're doing like the whole like they're still doing WGI, mm-hmm. but it's like all like through videos instead that you get sent. And their show is really cool. But they have a whole bit where he built six stave snare drums for them. They put on baskets with wheels. That they move oh, around nice. on stage and play. That's cool. uh, he built three orchestral models for uh, Pearl River Community College. I think That's he did. Definitely. He did another snare drum for another community college that they. Which uh, is cool. That he he can stay busy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know it's tough to be number one a boutique or bespoke drum builder in the first place, but to be relatively new like him three years, it's hard enough to get the work. So it's cool that he's actually getting constant amount of work so you know guys like that can stay in business because that's probably the roughest part is those early years where you're trying to build up a reputation and get the word out there you know he finds out about the drum and then he says that name to somebody else and then maybe three months from now a dude in another state has heard it and is ordering a drum from him because he just uh shipped out a kit that um some church in i think georgia or tennessee i can't remember uh, had him build a kit for their church um, in white glass glitter that he sent off right before he finished mine. Nice. So he got that done, and then he's like, all right, this kit's sent out. And then he's like, all right, drilling the holes for yours now. I'm like, sweet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm ready. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, well, like man. I said, I know you're happy now that you got your your kit and all, you know, it's all done, and now you can go fine-tune and tweak. And like I said, it came out looking really dope. Um, I I can't wait to hear it. You know, when you when you get it all set up and bring it out, that'll be. uh, Yeah. So so I changed the bat the the resonant head to the one with the hole. I was like, I'm gonna bring it on the jam on Sunday. (laughs) And then lo and behold, everything just went down the chute. And I was like, all right, well maybe next Sunday I can bring it up. Well, guess what? I work five to one this Sunday. That's okay. So it's gonna be another one. (laughs) <laughs> work man i tell you it can be a buzzkill it really can <laughs> but i did I just buy another drum set uh yesterday officially i bought that 1970s moon glow satin flame from our very own legacy member mike malone Boy. it's a gretch it's a gretch yes yeah, sir. so he got a vintage stop sign gretch kit um, which uh, uh, be another another cool one to get. That's oh, kind of yeah. dope. I wish I had a picture to show you. Uh, the the finish is super cool. That's not that uh, the real the forties kit you had last time on on the previous episode. No, not that's no no, no, not no, no. That. it's not okay. that uh, Radio King I got from uh, Lynn, which used to be Hughes. Gotcha. No, this gotcha. is uh this is two two eight by twelves, sixteen by sixteen, a fourteen by twenty, but it has all the internal mufflers. It has the double rack post, 
but it's still the it's still the banana rail, but it has the double parts that come off. Yeah. Um, super excited for that. <laughs> yeah, like, you got you're awesome, all kinds dude. of stuff incoming. Um, so after the weekend is wrapped up, and now that you got the kid, I know you got some fine tweaking. You know, what are your final thoughts on having a custom stave kit built? It's awesome, and it's a way different sound than like your regular like ply kit. Mm-hmm. It's like it, like I said, the rings are resonates super long, which I was like not prepared for, which has been really cool. So it's like if you're playing with a loud band and you don't have nothing mic'd, you're gonna cut through, and it's and it's, it's real fun to play. And I got like I said, like Stephen said, I got some fine tweaking I got to do. Mm-hmm. Definitely got to change the heads from my standard formula, and I might have to change the hoops. Um, to get it dialed in, but I love it and it sounds awesome. But that bass drum though gets me every time. Like I was not prepared. Like just <laughs> clear P four. We went up to the bigger boy because we used a P three. I was like, no, we'll, we'll try the P four out. Yeah, and I can it, see how uh, it would work better. And yeah. it and it's super punchy, and it just sounds massive for beans to twenty. Because like I said, the guys were there like, so what size? I'm like, it's a fourteen by twenty, dude. They're like. I've always played twenty twos. I'm like, you're gonna change your life right now. It's like I we we swear by playing twenties. It's like fourteen by twenty to me is the perfect size. Yeah, I you, agree. I love anything with that fourteen inch depth. It's just something about it, dude. When I got my first, well, actually, when I got that twenty six from you, I mean, it's just something about it. Like it's big, it's boomy, but it still just kind of just has that shortness and fastness to it that just makes it just yeah that the, right sound. When you when you get shallow like that. Basically, that's you know I know he said I've heard him say the same thing to you, but that's how Hugh explained it to me a long time ago. You know that those heads can work off of each other a lot better than like because I remember having we probably all had one at one point like a Tama Superstar, yeah, and those Tamas have eighteen inch depths on those kicks, yeah, and they sound good, but you have to work a lot harder to get <laughs> so hard. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I had a 20 inch depth like back in like what was it late 2000s where that was like the thing and when I was in high school dude it's like Orange had these cut I don't know if you heard of, you've heard of Orange drums huh? yeah yeah like they used to build these custom kits with the 20 inch you talking about Orange County uh uh uh-uh, it's uh no no it's Truth drums never mind I'm sorry it's Truth drums Truth okay Truth drums yeah that I heard them heard through them uh from under oath and uh but yeah they used to be the big thing back then so i had bought uh, um tama superstar hyperdrive kit back then yeah, i yeah. believe you've seen it before <laughs> i actually traded hue for that sonar i got oh which, so that was the white yeah one? that white one with the super shallow toms yeah on the, there. the white marine pearl hyperdrive yeah great toms but man that bass drum was just like <laughs> I that, got tired of it. Couldn't find a case for it too, so I was like lugging it around <laughs> in the back of my truck, and I'm like, man, I'm gonna ruin this thing. So, but like, yeah, I, I, I will admit they are so hard to work. So, I, you know, I think once you figure out the secret, you're yeah. like, no, 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 sixteen, maybe fourteen for sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Or maybe even shorter. You've got that little bass drum that used to be mine still. That yeah. little like. Oh yeah, I practice with that at That's home. That's a great it's a, bass dude, drum. I love it, man. You ever see that little skinny black one I had? It was a twenty. T- Back in the day, Pinkston's wanted a um, like a station, like most drum stores, where you can try out bass drum pedals. Yeah, and they had like a crappy old. I can almost remember that. I think it was called a Royce. Yeah, the that's brand. what it is. Royce. It's a Royce, just like it's like. 
percussion pl- like a cheap, but it was a black twenty-two, like the typical Christmas kit. Yeah. Hugh took uh, Pinkston told Hugh that he wanted a little bass drum to do that with, so they gave Hugh this cheap little bass drum, and he cut it down to what would you say that is? Dude, it's probably. I want to say it's fourteen. It's no, no, no. It's shallow way than thinner that. than that. I, it's probably ten. It's probably a twenty-two by ten, and uh, they just—that's what they used it for for uh, the longest time. And then when the store started to, you know, they were on the decline, they, they were getting ready to close. Uh, I bought it for I don't know a hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then took it and put it is slung spit. All over you. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> um, he get excited. I, I took it. <laughs> I get excited talking about it. <laughs> so I took the bass drum. I put an E-mat on it. I put a good front head on it. And I would play it back when we used to do the small gig at Island View, the little three-piece in the yeah. corner. And... Um, for whatever reason, you needed something small, or you just saw it and fell in love with it. And I, like I said, I didn't have much in it, so he either bought it for me, or he traded something. I can't remember. One of the two, yeah. Um, but he still has it, and I think about that bass drum all the time. If I'm like at a small gig, yeah. or like the room sounds weird, I'm like, if I had that little black skinny bass drum, well, it'd be perfect. I actually need to get rid of it now because I ain't got nowhere to put it. <laughs> If one of y'all are interested, because I've been practicing at the house, but I'm moving now. So, I mean, if y'all are interested, I love the thing. It's a great practice little bass drum. It's a great bass drum. I've I've taken it to the juke. You just weren't around yet. Um, So maybe we'll have to put that thing back into action. Oh, yeah. Get some new heads. (laughs) I still got that pro reference head. I never took it off. Oh, that's that's right. That's what's on it. It was uh, uh, I don't (laughs) even know where that head came from because I've never been around a reference 22. Yeah, I own a twenty, but yeah. I, don't, I don't, and it didn't even have the stock heads when I got it, so I don't know where that came from. Bob Mandel, who owns uh, Mandel Automotive here, mm-hmm. at one point when he got, you know, he's like one of those guys that like played drums as a young person, yeah, and then you know they go on in life, and now he's like late sixties at the time, and wanted to get back into drums, and he's made a successful career with I don't even know how many dealerships he has around here two or three i think it's three so he wanted um uh a really nice kit so we ordered him this absolutely beautiful reference like i think it was the full gambit just like you order the whole thing the 22 8 10 12 13 14 16 18 like he just wanted the whole shell pack and it was just in i think black um and of course being a super wealthy guy that was ready to go when the kit came in he ordered the heads too so like everything showed up at when he came in that day everything was there the kit brand new heads stick all kinds of stuff so that's how i ended up with that that head is he took all that stuff off and i'm like well i'll take it if you don't want it yeah it's a good head and lo and behold after spending all that money he didn't end up liking the pearl reference which i don't know how you could not like Mm -hmm. a pearl reference and ended up spending a lot of money on the same kind of full range, one bass drum, like eight to 16 and like four snare drums from Brady. He spent, I'm not going to say the number because it's almost disgusting, but he spent a lot of money on a full Brady setup. And I don't even know what he did with the reference. I bet the reference is like his house, just like collecting dust in the corner. Yeah. (laughs) I'd never seen somebody drop that much on. I would love if you got it. I mean, Pat got to go over there. Pat got to um Pat either befriended him from that 
transaction at the store or whatever and got to go over to his house several times and play the kit or maybe just the snack, whatever. He got to play all of it or like half of the the setup. Um, so now if you ever see him again, ask him about when he got it, went over to Bob Mandel's house and played the uh, played the, the Brady's. That's like... Well, if anybody <laughs> knows Bob or <laughs> is watching... Bob, we hope you're, you're you here. You know, I'm saving my pennies. I will gladly take that pearl off your hands. <laughs> I know, man. Like I said, I just... How you could not love? I mean, I you, I, mean, I get it. You're not a Pearl fan. Everybody's not a Pearl fan. But like everybody will agree, just like a DW Collectors or a Tama Star Classic. That's the yeah, highest offering I mean, from Pearl. You, yeah, they're nice. Like you know, and his kid, um, I forget his name, uh, who's like my age, mm-hmm. got a Pearl reference pure, eight, ten, twelve. 1622 with a snare. Uh, he ended up liking his. Um, so they both came out of that with like really nice pearl drums. Man, yeah, dude. super jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. So, um, yeah, and all that just to talk about that skinny bass drum. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So moving on. So, Jared, you're happy. Everything's cool. Now you just got to tweak the kit a little bit and, yep. you know, get everything up to spec. So and we're then, all super glad that you got, you know, your baby's here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Heck yeah, man. And, and hopefully it'll work out perfectly in the wrong one when you get the head set up and everything. And then we'll get to play at the juke. Oh, yeah. What kind of heads you put? you going to put on there? you thinking? So I have some, like, old emperors. I'm going to try out and see how that works. And then, yeah, I'm thinking beefy. And then I also have, uh, like, a backup set of... Uh, EC2s. I'm gonna see if the uh, if the emperors don't work out. And if the EC2s work, then you know you can just put uh, pinstripes on it. Yeah. Um, so, um, like I said, we'll be expecting to see this kit once it's all, Heck you know, yeah. tuned up and ready to go. Oh yeah, because I thought about putting the uh, some clear center dots on it too. If the EC2s yeah. work out. Oh, I, and I, you saw back. mine came in. Yeah. Um, I got the uh, Evans version, whatever it's called, the power center reverse dot. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna. I, I was telling him before you got here. Um, I've got a. Uh, I've got a custom snare that we built uh, using a pearl uh, maple shell, and we did 4.75 by 14 10 lug typical. And I, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been three or four years since I had Hugh make it, but I've had uh, die cast on it. Mm-hmm. And I started noticing because I didn't play it that much for the longest time, but I've been playing it a lot now because I've gotten rid of so many pearl snares. Um, I kept looking video after video. I'm like, it's really like, I know I tune tighter than what you think is tight, but it's not that tight. And I hear it in the videos. and I'm like, it just sounds like it's so tight. And then learning, uh, you know, when you start learning about drum hoops, that the, one of the side effects of die cast is it can bring the pitch of the drum up just from being die cast hoops on there. Mm. So I ordered some Pearl super hoops. Their thick triple flange, which will be here tomorrow. Yeah. And it had cheap pearl snare wires on it, and I ordered the nice ones. So tomorrow when all that stuff gets here, and I figured I might try a new head out, because I'm like him. I'll just put one-ply coated on yeah. everything. But Carter, having such good luck with those <laughs> controlled sounds with the dot in the middle, I figured I'd try the the Evans version and that's, see if it uh yeah that's know. all I use in all mine. It's like I've I use an ambassador from time to time, but man, for me Remo, those uh control sounds, dude, they just I don't even really have to muffle them half the time. It just sounds good. Yeah, just that live, little that just, little five mil piece being on the head. 
well, well, my, so yeah. I'm hoping tomorrow when everything gets here, uh, that drum gets some new life and uh, maybe changes the sound. I'm hoping it'll change the sound. Definitely um, crazy, though, yeah, it's a cool drum. I, I, like I said, I, I love that drum. I'll never get rid of it. Hugh built it. Yeah. It was um, my free floater. Originally, it was a maple, mm-hmm. and I hated it and ended up getting the brass insert for it, and we took the maple insert, and that's what he did is made that drum out of it. Um, so it's a per- it's just like a typical pearl six-ply um, six maple, um, just a little funky with the 4.75, and I had him cut really deep snare beds into it so you can put 30-strand, 12-strand, yeah. whatever. You can put whatever you want on that. Um, so we'll see what happens tomorrow when uh, when everything comes in. Um, but for myself this week, I know, and you might you might know if you've been watching the past couple weeks, I'm on the snare drum hunt. It's <laughs> it's starting to be a pain in my butt because I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I think it's going to have to, you know, I would imagine several big orders will have to come out of Pearl for some of these retailers to get the maple gum that I'm looking for. But I had been considering. Um, this model right here, which is the, and if you've been watching the show, you know that's the Pearl Hybrid Exotic Kapoor Fiberglass Snare. I think it's a beautiful hot rod looking snare. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And it is a good shell, um, but I was kind of waffling between waiting out the time, it may be three months, it may be a month, it may be a day, to get the maple gum that I really want Mm -hmm. or go for this. And this was kind of the secondary choice. So I noticed that, uh, do you know who Louis Palmer is? Um, Louis Palmer. He's on Instagram a lot. He's that shaved head guy um, that's got a British accent. Um, probably might have seen you, him. I'm sure you've I'm seen him. He's sure a really good him. drummer um, and really big on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, I went to YouTube. Not that big on YouTube, which is always weird when I'm, you see a drummer that is good about social media yeah. and really good, and then they're really big on one platform, and then you check them out on another platform, and you're like, why is nobody watching you? I can definitely say, yeah, Instagram, I get a lot more drummer love on Instagram. Like, you can connect easier. And True. For some reason, it's just like small clips and whatever. Well, and it's know? really quick, too, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're on Instagram, you're on at that moment. It's not like you've set a reminder for when Jarrett posts, the, you know, so you it's always in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I noticed he was playing that snare in a bunch of his videos. So I messaged him and the question I asked was, um, and number one, he was super helpful and really, really nice, which it's, and Jared and I were talking about that before you got here. It's always really nice when a big time drummer that you may ask, reach out and ask a question to, it's really cool when they're cool and they're not like, Oh yeah, man, cool. Whatever. Or you don't don't have time. Like he took the time and I asked him, between the two snare drums, because he has both. He has a Master's Maple Gum, mm-hmm. and he has... Uh, he doesn't have a Master's Maple Gum. He has a, a Masterworks mm-hmm. built out of the Maple Gum shell. And then he also has that snare right there. And I asked him, you know, these are the two I'm looking at. The Maple Gum is proving to be very hard to find. And I was thinking about going with this one. And I wanted his thoughts on an all-around snare drum. You know, it could be a juke joint snare drum. It could be something I can gig with constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't record that much, but when I do record here, something that will record well. Yeah. And I asked him his thoughts on it. And like I said, he was super helpful. He he replied quickly, oddly enough. Uh, Thanks for the kind comments. Um, he says he likes this drum a lot. Um, 
it tunes best like medium low, which is really not my tuning. Yeah. Um, I'm like medium high or high. Mm-hmm. And he said he, uh, they come with the super hoops on it, the, the triple flange. He said he put die cast hoops on it, but it did not work very well, which mm-hmm. I don't really care about. He said, sounds good as, you know, good as it comes like on the picture y'all are seeing right now. Mm-hmm. He said, but the maple gum is the best all around drum. Unbelievable sound. Um, and sounds good at any tuning. So I was like, okay. And then the last thing he said was the exotic is warm, but it's not, it's quite soft. So, and I noticed in some of the videos, it really didn't have like what sounded like a high output. Not that I need terribly high output, but I don't want to drum. It's just your sound preference. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want a drum that I have to like where I would normally not mic it, I wouldn't have to mic, I wouldn't want to have to mic that snare just because it's very quiet or not as loud. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Louis Palmer. I know you're not watching this. And if any of you out there (laughs) do not know who I'm talking about, Louis Palmer, look him up on Instagram. Uh, He, you'll notice, uh, you'll see him because he has the shaved head. Really good player. Great recordings. Great Pearl drum setup. So look him up. But thank you, Louis, for really settling you know, I've been pretty patient thus far. That was the only drum that kind of creeped in and might have messed my choice up. Yeah. But he just reinforced, like, oh. no matter what it is, just wait and get the... So I'm, I'm going to wait until a maple gum pops up, uh, hopefully in the right finish, um, and then we'll, then we'll have that to talk about. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, I do know him. I actually, yeah. I like his setup. He's got the hi-hat, like, high set. He's up. killer, really man. Cool, Swing, man. like, yes. pop tunes, Very chops. Cool. You know, he's he's good in all areas. Um, so, like I said, thank you, Louie, for, you know, easing yes, my sir. mind. And I will continue <laughs> the snare hunt. I have alerts out on eBay. I have a new, what is, do you remember what your guy's name is at Sweetwater? Uh, Tim Burgess. Okay, it's not him. But I got, apparently my guy got pulled in to do a special project for something at the, at, so he's not in sales anymore. So they switched me out to a new guy. And he, like, Sweetwater is always really cool. He calls me. He's like, hey, man. I'm I'm your new rep, and he's like, you know, just if there's anything specific, I'm like, oh, is there? So I got alerts on eBay. I got my guy now waiting for anything Pearl to come in. He's got instructions to call me if any <laughs> Pearl lands at Sweetwater. <laughs> I've got alerts on reverb. Like, I'm just waiting. You know, I'm just waiting for this drum to pop up, and when it does, I will, like, probably not even care about the price, just, like, hit buy it now because I don't want to It's game over. Yeah. It's game over, so... <laughs> That is really all that I have going on this week. Even though we don't have any pictures for you, uh, what do you got going on this week? Anything, or is it just you just working? Man, it's just work. Um, just waiting on these new shows to come up. You know, we're trying to plot some things with the band, but as far as this week, man, I'm moving uh, to a new awesome. house. I'm a guitar player and his girlfriend for a little while, and uh, man, it's just been working. Working and practicing and, you know, just trying to keep myself greased up for when we get ready to get back out there and start doing it, man, pretty much. Well, I'll stop you there because I'll, I'll, we'll get into that when we get into your section so you can just expound on everything. Yes, um, before we do move into that, though, Jared, do we have any cleanup in the comment section that we need to address? <laughs> Josh Breslow says, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, bespoke drummer. We got Richie Henry. Kisses to all three kitties this morning. <laughs> Good morning, Richie, all the way from Japan. We got Mark Wettenden says, oh, let me backtrack. We got Dakamomo. I don't know how to ask this, but Stephen, will you go on a date with me? Yes, Dakota, I will go <laughs> on a date with you. Uh, I'm thinking 
let's do this. If we're going to go out on a date and you're going to treat me right, Dakota, you're going to treat me like a lady. Like I'm not going to be putting up with me, you know, coming off half cocked and not having any kind of chocolates for me. Let's meet around one mm, thirty on Friday and we'll get in the car and take a little trip up to Hattiesburg. How does that sound to you? Feel free to answer in the comments section, Dakota. But yes, if you treat me right, maybe buy me some, uh, some Arby's at the end or some crystal. Cause that's, we don't have any crystals anymore around here. They have to go up to Hattiesburg. You gotta go to Pascagoula. <laughs> so if you do that, I will, I will go with you and I will be your date and I'll even drive. Even though I'm the date, <laughs> I will drive my car as long as you accompany me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a, uh, a a thumbs up or a thumbs down in the Say comment the section. for my lady. <laughs> 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 so there we go. Gotta Man, you are a trip, bro. <laughs> uh, then we got Mark Whitman says, Hey, Stephen, I sent you some pics on Messenger on a super beat up 1968 15 by 12 Ludwig shell. I like fixing drums, but not this one. Oh, I don't know if I... I didn't get anything. I uh, didn't... Uh, he said... What did he say? Did he say on Messenger? Messenger. Yeah, I didn't get anything on Messenger. Um, oh, he's probably talking about um, Instagram. So hold on. I don't think I have anything from Mark. Want me to keep going? I oh, see, yeah, go ahead. Go I ahead. see Richie. Uh, Let's see. Richie. Uh, he's been quite jealous of the shallow times. I mean, like I said, man, those times are great, but, man, that bass drum was just hell yeah. on wheels. <laughs> yeah. It was a great Tama's sounding thing. kit, man. That's Tama's thing. <laughs> that's that's, 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 that's uh, always been their bag. Uh, Dakamomo says, bring it to the juke, Jared. Uh, whenever I'm not working, Dakota. Is whenever, because like I said, I'll be working. Let him know, because he's going to ask me as soon as I walk in next, or, you know, on Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, this Sunday, 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 I will be live at work, 5 to 1 a.m. So I will be creeping through at like 1.15. Yeah, so don't ask me at 10.35, is Jared coming? Like, no, no, not coming. So now you I'll know. I'll be there at the very end. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> For just a minute, because I think I have to go back to work. Yeah, because I work again. Either four to twelve or six to two on Monday. I got six days straight after today. No so. feeling. Well, too well. You took a big chunk <laughs> off, so <laughs> well, now it's time well, to get back to work. Supposed to be five. Only got four because they <laughs> called me to work on Monday. <laughs> and then oh, we man. got Richie says Louis Palmer is one of my favorite follows. Always look forward to his honest experimentation with setup, but his playing and sound is well worth headphone time. Yeah, definitely. Anybody that doesn't doesn't know him, go check him out on Instagram. Like I said. He was super helpful. You know, I know he's not going to see this, but that's, it's always nice when one of the big dogs is like honest and like just gen, you know, genuinely helpful because he didn't have to, he could have just written like, nah, go with the maple and be done. Yeah. But he, it was message after message. You know, I kept seeing him rolling. And I was like, okay, you know, he's, he's obviously, he cares when people ask him stuff. So, you know, it definitely like check him out. he's a good educator though. Yeah, big time. he's on yeah. his, his page. So, man, yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yep. And then we got Dakamomo says Luke Bassett is his dude. He says the only the finals for my lady. Uh, Mike <laughs> is leaving at three, I think. Oh, I thought we had to leave early in that. But either way, we'll get the time sorted. And then he says, but deal. And then yes. So All right. that is it for the comment section. Awesome. Awesome. Very <laughs> cool. Um, so obviously we got a bunch of legacy members that are here today as usual. So let's get to 
the section of the show where we talk about the viewer submissions for the week. And I think actually, oh, I did want to mention this is one piece of housekeeping news because I have been, I've watched the views skyrocket and the comments have skyrocketed on the Carter McLean signature stick video I did a while back when you had to like, Venmo or PayPal yeah. Carter himself. He bought like a box and he was like, if you want some, send me whatever the price was, half a brick or a brick and I'll ship them to you myself. Cause they did just made him a bunch. Mm. And ever since number one, the guys that got them were messaging me when they ran out. Hey man, you got any of those left? I'll buy them off. You know, I was like, no, 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 bro. I only got six pair. Um, and then I put the video out and then I, that was more than, a year and a half, two years ago. And he kept telling everybody, like, if, if I can get Promark to fully produce them, I'll let you know. Yeah. And I noticed within the past month or so, those views have been going up and the comments have been rolling in on the YouTube channel because Promark has finally started producing this stick right here, oh, the okay. Carter McLean signature stick by Promark. Um, so, like, all these people are now uh commenting on the video from two years ago like yeah man it's up you can get them at promark uh blah 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 and i've had two people in the past week comment talking about uh how much they love now that they got the stick how much they love the stick so everybody out there in drumland if you are interested in trying a very cool drumstick um, I know you might have a stick that you like or something that's perfect for you, but I think Jarrett will even admit this is a very interesting drumstick. Yeah, it's def- It's a little weird, but I like it for what it is. I remember whenever uh, Sounds Like a Drum made a little post about it, I commented about you ordering them way early, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, these are cool. They're a little, they're a little weird. They're not okay. super traditional, but they've, they've got a weird tip on them. Oh, yeah, I remember you so wait, this is how the tips come. Yeah, yeah. No, that's how that that's that that's is. how those tips come. They become become pre battered and broken. Yeah. So it's a really cool stick, and it's got like I think his thing with um uh, yeah I'll put put the tip on the on your camera so like you can see these tips um, they're torn up because I practice with them but they're really a, an odd shape with a really tight taper. So his thing was, if you play on the side of the tip or the shoulder of the tip, you get one sound off your cymbals. And if you play with that super pointy tip, you get a pretty much a completely different sound. So when I like did my video and tested it, I did just that. I put it on the ride and went ding, 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 and then just angled a little bit more. And you get a drastic tonal difference depending on what part of that tip you're doing. But like people have literally been going nuts wanting these sticks so everybody be aware that now you can find the carter mclean signature stick at promark.com and i also want to say one of the cool stores either forks or nelson drum shop somebody posted on instagram that they got some of these in so if you search on instagram or if you just go to promark.com and you want to check out what i think is a really cool stick um, it's not something I use all the time, but I do love these sticks. Go check out the Promark uh, Carter McLean signature model. Just go to Promark.com, and you can definitely find them there. They are in full production. So you so, think these are these these would be good for multi-genre type music playing? I feel like these would make great jazz sticks. But they're a great jazz model. stick. Yeah. I would say the only thing I wouldn't say they're great for is hard music because yeah. anything super aggressive, you're going to rip those tips up pretty like that. Yeah. 
those have I been those these. have been my uh, <laughs> my practice sticks for it. So the wear you're seeing on there is about a year and a half. But that's only be, like I only play them on that kit here and on the pad. Mm. Like I don't. So that's taken a while for me to tear them up. But I, if you play aggressive music, I don't think that would be really be like yeah. the best choice. Uh, but it's a cool stick. And I'm excited for you to get those uh, Bob Gatson sticks in, too. Those. Because um, I've been waiting for you to get them. Because I've been wanting to tr- get them. I should have, man. I should have gotten a. Uh, maybe while <clears throat> while we're doing something where I'm not on camera, I'll see if I can pull a picture. Um, and, Mark, this uh, this question is for you. The kit you were talking about that you messaged me, is that a blue kit? If that is, let me know in the comments. And I, uh, and if that's the case, then, yes, I did receive um, what you were talking about. Um, so just a little bit of house cleaning, uh, house cleaning. If you want to check those sticks out, you can now do that. So let's get into the viewer submissions for the week. And we only have one, uh, Mr. Josh Breslow, AKA the bespoke drummer who always sends in the coolest finished kits. And he topped I would say topped. He keeps up with the, with the consistency on the kit we're showing today. Um, and if I can pull up the email, I will give you the specifics. Um, but it's a ve- oh yeah, that's right. I didn't even think about that. Um, he's using those drum cubes, which I've always wanted to check out, but never really had a uh, had a chance to. Jared, will you hand me the the iPad so I can look yeah. at my email? And I'll he's got he told me what everything was, and I'll. While we're doing that, I'll go to another shot. So that's a closer. Oh, that's dope! And he even painted the, the the collar or the sorry the the flesh hoops for yeah. the uh, for the heads. That's okay, dope. Okay, so here we go. Um, let's see. The concept behind this kit is every drum except the large bass drum has a snare drum component. The rack tom and floor tom act as snare drums. The smaller kick drum also has a snare component, but it's not able to be adjusted like the other drums. Tuning these drums was challenging. I wanted to make sure that when the snare was disengaged, you didn't hear it at all on the floor tom. And the original drum set was $60, Hmm. a Precision Plus kit from Music Go Round in Wisconsin. This is the first kit I wrapped the inside of the bass drum in my signature wrap which is a middle school art teacher. He is a middle school art teacher, so he's constantly surrounded by art. The drum sizes are 22 by 10 on the kick, a 16 by 10 on the rack, a 12 by 8 on the floor, and a 13... Oh, I, I was reading that backwards. A 13 by 10 floor, a 12 by 8 rack, and a 16-inch bass drum, and a 22-inch kick. I absolutely love that's a really cool looking uh, finish. Yes, it is. Let me pull up another shot. Uh, So so obviously, like he was saying, each drum has basically a snare component on it Mm. um, or, you know, a a kit of snares. Um, Number one, trying out the the drum cubes. I don't know if those are just cubes he cut up or if those are actually the drum cube brand, Mm -hmm. but I always wanted to try to check that out. there is the snare, and now you can kind of see how skinny that bass drum is. Um, like a fourteen. Yeah. I think. Yeah. You said it was a ten in uh, the in the email, right? Uh, yes, twenty-two yeah. by ten. Oh, ten. Okay. Um, looks super cool as always. Josh always sends us. There it is. 
like a real close up shot of that finish, which I think that's super cool looking. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I'm always like thinking like every week, I'm like, surely he doesn't have something else to show us. <laughs> and every week the bespoke drummer, Josh Breslow comes in with another cool. That is even cooler with the more contrasty kind of black looking. Yeah. Yeah. I really Definitely. like that. That's a super, super cool looking kit. I had a video playing with all the snare components, like what that was sounding like. That's kind of interesting. I mean, I know the snarl things are uh, really well. Popular, and keep that in mind, everybody. Um, giving Chris Daddy Dave a run for his money. <laughs> you can send us in videos. Um, yes. Keep them short, like maybe thirty seconds max. Uh, but yeah, you can send in videos. So when you send in pictures, if anybody, and of course, if you want to send in something to the show, simply uh, send it to beardeddrums at gmail.com, all lowercase. Send me your photos. But if you do want to send videos, feel free to send those in. Keep it a short clip and we'll put that on here as well. Um, but yeah, um, like I said, Josh always sends in super cool stuff. That's a cool looking kit. And the only thing I wish we had a closer up shot of is the inside wrap that he yeah. did that red? It looks like it's like a, like a standard like red paisley. Yeah, kind of paisley like, is that's that print? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's super cool and 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 as usual, his stuff always comes out looking you know super unique is the best way to describe uh, what Josh does. Um, you'll definitely know if you have one of his kits, you will definitely know it. But I like that um, kind of like your kit. I like that contrast with the red. You had a kind of similar thing going on uh, with that red uh, sonar kit, and you put the red head on front. Yeah, that yeah. was dope. Yeah, I wish I that would have been one of the pictures you sent me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Josh, um, as always, for sending in such cool-looking photos of your drum kits. And then when we get everything settled, and maybe uh, Jarrett's schedule stops beating him up so much. <laughs> We'll get that little deal going where he can send you his renowned snare drum and possibly have you do some kind of funky finish for, for Jared. On yeah, that'd be, I'm, <coughs> whenever I get, <coughs> excuse me, all that figured out. Yeah, I'd definitely love to send that to you. We'll get a little uh, yeah, bearded be drums, be bespoke drummer collab going on with <laughs> Mr. Josh Breslow. So again, and as always, thank you, Josh, for sending that in. That is actually all we have. Mm. Uh, for this week, um, did Mark ever answer in the comments if that was the one he was talking about? Uh, no. Uh, we got BG Goatman. Uh, sends hands, drum, frog, crocodile, music notes, shades on emoji. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Frank Henderson says, "What's up, Cedric?" Cedric said, "Hey, Frank." Uh, one hundred, one hundred. Derek Fountain says, "Cedric, get up on the mic when you talk." I'm sorry. I'm not used to having I told a mic you, man, in like, my no, face. you can look, you can manhandle it, get <laughs> it, like, literally get it comfortable, and you get, and don't feel, you can move it, but just get it, like, I literally let it touch my lips when I'm speaking. I so just, I just didn't want to be like all up in your mic, like, no, no, hey, no, baby, no, no, no you're, you're good. good. I got, I'm, <laughs> I'm hearing you here, so I'll let you know. But yeah, and and, and no. of course we can always trust Derek to let us know about the production side of oh, things. Yeah. <laughs> freaking producer at home, man. Go on, make that money. That's the OG Bearded Drums Legacy member yes, right there. Sir. Good to hear from you, man. It's been a while. And then uh, last comment is Richie Henry says, Don't talk to my boy like that. You ask nicely. Yeah. Better respect my <laughs> 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 All right. So oh, we man. are pretty much caught up on everything. Now we can actually get to. 
Oh, and that was uh, not even 50 minutes. Um, let's get to our special guest of the day, Mr. Cedric Fiesel from the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Drummer extraordinaire, <laughs> great friend of Jarrett and I. Uh, if you go back to the Bearded Drums channel on Face oh, on YouTube and look up, I don't even remember what it was called. It the was like Drum the Hangout. Drum yes. Hangout is when we, in the very room that we're sitting in, we set up, see, one... Two, three, four, five, five. six, seven. No, because it was. It was. Hang on. We had the. We had the, Jeffrey's kit. Yeah, Jeff's kit. We had your kit. We had my kit. We, we had, had the yellow, the yellow kit. kit. We had the, your ref. No, we had your no. Yeah, the reference, reference and then the vision. And you had the vision. Yeah. So, so six one, kits. One, two, that was three, insane. four, five. We set five <laughs> drum sets <laughs> up in this room, and Cedric, me, Jarrett. Jeff and Phil, Phil yeah, five. all came out uh, on a, on an uh, I don't know, I think it was a weekend, but it was just like an afternoon. Everybody came over, so go back to the channel and look for the drummer hangout video. It was a super fun day. <laughs> it was. I still meet people to this day. They're like, "Hey man, if you ever do that again, call me." I'm like, "Hey, I can do that. I'm I'm totally down to to have another one." We definitely got to do another. That was fun, man. I really enjoyed. It was like I would like to do it again and like have. Hugh come, yes. maybe have Ray come. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Pat's super busy with uh, being a dad now and working. Yeah. So, but you yeah. know, uh, get Phil back over. I don't. Jeff is. Jeff has been there. MIA. I can't remember if Jeff moved away or if he's now back. But I haven't talked to Jeff in quite a while. Last time I saw Jeff was if he bought those uh, Sabians off of me for yeah, ever yeah. ago. Yeah. So it's been a while, but yeah, we need to definitely do that again. Uh, so yeah, go back to the go back to the video listing after the show's done, and go check out Drummer Hangout. It was a lot of fun. We'll definitely uh, we'll definitely have to do that again. Maybe sure. have Richie drum in from Skype from all the way in Japan, and he hey, can he can be. <laughs> we do that, man. I gotta figure out how to do that one day so I can get Richie on the show. Figure out. Because I know I can do it with the program I use. I just I've never done a Skype call in my life, so I don't know how you go about that. But when I figure out how to set that up, we'll have to get Richie on here oh, and do yeah. him remote from uh, <laughs> from Japan. So, like I said, great friend of mine and Jarrett's, um, you know, been, been around the drumming community here forever. Um, he plays with his band, which is called Magnolia Bayou. And I always kind of, I try to explain it, uh, and I'm probably not doing it right, what if you were to describe the music that y'all uh, y'all play? What would you what would you say it was? I mean, honestly, now um, I say it's rock with a lot of blues undertone. Um, but we're trying to just veer off into different styles. Um, we've got a lot of country influence. Um, is everybody just kind of bring their own thing? But if I had to put us. In a category, I mean, I just say we're just. That's what I I always kind of say, like either blues rock or uh, you know part blues and part like what I almost to me in a lot of occasions sounds like uh, uh, like Led Zeppelin kind of like real big rock. If you listen to the first album, it's really tinged to more blues. They kind of went for that more psychedelic kind of feel when they uh, did the first album, but uh, this the new album we have out called Strange Place. a lot of people said the band sound just stepped up and got just a little harder, but there's still that blues thing. So yeah, it's just like blues, blues rock and roll. But we like to call it Mississippi rock and roll now. So well, give out your you socials, know. man. Tell everybody where they can find 
find you on social media and where they can find the music if they want to check it out. Man, you can find me and the band on Facebook, Instagram, um, Facebook slash Magnolia Bayou. And then Instagram, Magnolia Bayou. I'm on Instagram as that dude, Feezy, Cedric Feezel. Just type my name in there. Give me a follow if you haven't yet. Check it out. And uh, you can find the band's music pretty much on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, probably streaming on Pandora. Haven't been on Pandora in forever, but just anywhere you can buy music, Google, all that stuff. You know. Well, and, and you also, guys can see it there. You know, That's the name of the band, Magnolia Bayou. So just simply search that. And you can check their music out and give uh, give that dude Feezy <laughs> a little follow. Um, actually, while we're before we even get any further into that, I'll just go ahead. Now we won't be able to hear this, but they will be able to see or hear this video. So this is a clip from the Juke Joint on Sundays. You hear us talk about it a lot, and I don't know if we ever put a clip up before. I don't think we've ever shown a video. We did, remember? Because uh, when I had the, I sent you the one of me playing the the single in the Radio King. Remember, it was sideways. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, the, um, but this is this is the juke joint that happens every Sunday here locally. And this was how long ago was this? If that I'm, was I know from that video that I put titles at the bottom. That must be a while back because I don't do that. Seventeen, I want to say. Okay. At least. So, like at I said, least. I'll let y'all know when it's over. We won't be able to hear this, but. Everybody else should, and people watching, let us know in the chat. The volume should be fine, but let me know if I need to turn it up or turn it down. But this is Cedric jamming with Brennan and Norm, and I want to say Zach Fellman on uh, saxophone at the Juke Joint. So that is Mr. Cedric Fiesel several years ago jamming at the juke joint. Um, I did have uh, another one of the videos you sent me, but it was shot vertical. Um, so it flips sideways. And I, I really I hate putting that stuff. And yeah. that's a reminder for everybody watching the show. If you send in videos or if you send in photos, make sure to shoot them in landscape. Do not show, shoot them in vertical because then it'll flip when I try to show it here. Yeah, um, but yeah, getting to jam with Norm, that's always a, a, a fun thing. He's such a kill. Have you ever gotten to play with Norm? No, I haven't. One day he will roll through town and he is such a monster bass player. Y'all yes. would probably, you know, knowing me knowing about your playing probably better than anybody because I hang out with you all the time. Uh, Y'all would probably mesh really well, like really well stylistically. Yeah. Um, so getting to play with a, a great bass player like Norm Zach Fellman and then having to put up with Brennan, 
who is a terrible person. <laughs> just joking. Just joking. I know Brendan's not watching. I love you, Brendan. You know I love you. I'm just just picking. Um, so that's that's Mr. Cedric Fizel playing with us. And I've got some more um, more photos that we can show off. I think I already showed off your your band photo, which is this one. Like we said, you can search his band, Magnolia Bayou. And here are some shots of, let us know what these are, Cedric, like where you're at. Look at, number one, look at that dope ass <laughs> shirt matching that white kit. I mean, you look like the king of blues right there. That's one of my favorite photos. Uh, yeah. When I saw they get posted on Facebook, I was like, that's lovely, because you got that kit from Ray, right? Yeah, Ray Hansen. He gifted you that kit, didn't he? He called me up. I, he called me up out the blue one that had got off work, and um, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning. It's like, hey, man, I haven't talked to you in a while. And I was like, how you been? We just pre pretty much just catching up, and he invited me over to the house, and we were just talking about drums and stuff, and he showed me that kit, and I was like, man, that is nice. That'd be cool to have, you know down the line and you know you know how ray can be like make me an offer make me an offer i was like man i'm not in the buyer's market right now so after just kind of hanging and he was like you know you, you think these will fit in your car and, and i was like <laughs> I, I guess I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was like man i was kind of emotional I'm like man you're just too nice so yeah he, he blessed me with that kid so it's it's been great man and Got a lot of reviews from the my last setup. That white just pops on stage. And yeah, it looks good. It's that vintage maple. I, I, I he told me it's maple. I'm not sure what year it is, but they say with well, those it's a blue. And, it's a blue and olive, so that's either 70s or 80s, that's, right? Yeah. yeah, that's 70s. Um, oh yeah, 70s. Um, so it looks like it's what 22, 12, yeah, 16 22 by 14. It actually has a 12 inch tom, but I'm currently using the full setup now minus the 18. So. But that is currently sorry. <laughs> that is a thirteen. That's a twenty-two by fourteen kick drum. Um, sixteen. I want to say that's a sixteen by sixteen, eighteen yeah. by sixteen, or something. Yeah, I they think. look like they're the same depth. Yeah. So both sixteen-inch depth and then a sixteen and an eighteen on the diameter. That's a big old. That's a big old boy. But I mean, for the music that you played, that's probably perfect. Oh yeah, I downscaled to the 20 dude that 22 has been great not having to carry that 26 it sounded great yeah because cedric up until this point had been playing <laughs> a i'll probably even get this wrong it was a 26 yes 26 inch pearl competitor bass drum yep and black and i took it and you know ordered it brand new from pearl got uh put bass drum spurs on it like set it up to play and it was i used to use it as my remote and I had the pedal you have. Yeah. I, I, I traded you the, the little DW remote pedal. Yeah. And I would do the Stanton Moore thing, like play the 20 and then the boom, 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 boom over here. Yeah. Got to play it on like two gigs and then realized, not that the not because the drum is big, but trying to carry two bass drums around. I was like, no, I don't need to be, maybe on special Ooh. occasions. So then it went to Cedric and Cedric played it for a while. Oh, yeah, I did. Man. And I saw videos with you playing that. It sounded really good. But yeah, you definitely downscaled. <laughs> the the moment I realized I don't want to use it anymore is uh we had a gig in uh Birmingham in Zydeco. We opened for um a great guy named Fantastic Negrito, Grammy Award winner guy. And um yeah, that head was on the fritz. I still had that EMAD head that you gave that came. Yeah, no. I had a special order, yeah. a twenty six inch coated EMAD. Yeah. 
<laughs> or no, I only think so. it, that it was a special order and a coded EMAD. The coded EMAD was the only thing I could find yeah. in a 26. <laughs> that was like a regular, not a marching head, but like a yeah. regular yeah. bass drum head. So I, I, we uh, opened for them, and they asked to backline our gear. And uh, I didn't have a backup head. And, you know, if you've ever opened for, like, headlining and stuff, sometimes they take a little time to get their sound checked. So they pretty much played a whole set on that kick. So that by the time we got on stage and start our set, I got through one song. By the time the second song, boom. Oh, it broke? Broke. Had no backups. Dang. Had no backup heads or nothing, dude. And even yeah, if, and like you said, the 26 is not something to be trying to hunt for a head. You can't even go to Guitar Center and really find one or no. any music shop. So You'd be like, lucky to find a 24. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at that point, I was like, you know, and, and you know, when you got to haul around your own stuff from gig to gig, and, you know, we were gigging pretty heavily, I was like... I think it's about time to downscale again. So, <laughs> so this when beautiful, he gave me this. this beautiful pimp ass white kit with yeah. your, I mean, I'm seriously, man, you look like Havana <laughs> Joe right there with that hat on. <laughs> like you are literally sitting atop as the king of Blues Mountain right there. I purposely went to Walmart right for that <laughs> show and got a white shirt because we that was taken in Orlando right there. So. When we started that small tour, man, it was like, it's hot as hell. So where was here. this actually taken at? This was in Orlando at a place, oh, God, Aces, Aces Bar, uh, outside at an outside venue. We opened for Buck Cherry that night. And, uh, Ooh, ooh name yeah. dropper. All right. <laughs> Look at you, big boy. I mean, I'm just trying to show I mean, some love geez, to him. You know, you know, I, very gracious. They no, it's, that's out. very cool. You I'm know. just I'm just messing with you. That's very cool. <laughs> um, and let me see what else I got here. Let's move on to another. Now, which kit is? Oh, that's I, I was I was thinking that was that sonar, but that's a DW. Yeah, that was a backline kit. Uh, that was from Highway 30 Fest last year. Um we flew in for that show. Where is that? Um, that's actually in Filer, Idaho. Um, that that was our that was my second year playing the band's third year doing that festival, and uh, that was their backline kit. I'm not sure what kind of DW it was, but it sounded phenomenal. I will say that. And those Zildjian's, I forgot what kind. I think they were K's, um, K, regular K's or something. But yeah. they sounded. Man, those hi hats and that ride were amazing. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> when I when you say butter in a physical like not butter, I don't know what I'm saying, but they just sounded like butter. If butter has a nice sound. looking kit, and again, even though we're changing colors, you look like uh, pimp ass Havana Joe <laughs> over there with your hat on and your your mechanic shirt. I mean, you like play the part so well. <laughs> Like so well, like it, it is perfect. Um, and, and you said this was at some kind of festival where? Yeah, Highway Thirty Festival. They do um, every year in June in Fire, Idaho. That's um, cool. They got had headliners. Um, I think last year they had. Um, I think what was it? Aaron Lewis and Steel Woods and. Um, I cannot think of the bands I'm having brain fart. But yeah, they it's it's more of a leaning toward a country is kind of festival. Yeah. Then we're you know, we're like one of maybe two rock bands on there. But it's Well y'all play some big uh I mean y'all play some big shows. Yeah. I mean we're we're man, we've been let lucky, man. We we're trying to strive and make our way up the chain and hopefully, you know, things will work out. So What was know. the big festival y'all did? Um um I think it's in Mississippi with that band that's not together anymore. 
Oh, the um, <laughs> Hank, the I know he's talking about um, chilling on the Gulf Coast. Yeah, uh, Bishop Gun. Yeah, um, the Bishop Gun. Yes. No, I'm, well, I'm, I'm talking about where's the Bishop Gun crawfish thing happen? Oh, oh, that's in Natchez. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing photos and stuff you were showing me from that. That was yeah. massive. That was their second and sadly last one. We were supposed to do it again this year, but COVID and, you know, unfortunately, if some of you know, they, they broke up uh, last year. So, um, but yeah, they... Uh, Last year they were gonna bring, um, I think the Almond Betts band and um, J Mo from the Almond Brothers was gonna be there and a couple other guys, man. So, but yeah, we did that last year and we uh, actually got to meet um, John Frey Young from Blackstone Cherry, really cool guy, man, monster. I'm glad I did not have to play after that dude. <laughs> <laughs> at all, dude. Super nice, super humble for a guy so talented, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me yeah. about the interaction that you had, yeah. uh, you know, with him. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, y'all get to play, and and y- y'all your band's doing well. Y'all get to play some really cool. You get to go to some cool places, you know. And from the stills, you're getting to play some cool drum sets. Uh, that's oh, yeah, the that's definitely. the where's uh. Let me get to my right photo here. Now, what is now that that was the old configuration, at, and that's the oh, so that's that, the that that's the bass drum. Yeah. Okay, so that is the twenty-six by fourteen-inch Pearl competitor bass drum that I converted to a uh, you know a drum set kick. Yes. Uh, but you got your nice uh, band logo on there. Yeah. And what were the uh, were those toms? Were the sonars, those right? Were, uh, those were actually uh, Tama Silverstar toms, man. Uh, those actually. Sounded really good in recording. What I did was I took the bottom heads and put um, Remo Ebony's on the bottoms. And uh, at the time, I had those Remo. Um, I know suede. where you got those Remo Ebony's from. Yes, Mister right. Nielsen himself. <laughs> and those drums responded so good. I think that was the best I ever had those toms sounding. That it's, is um, for anybody that doesn't know. Whatever on top and Remo Ebony's on bottom is yeah. Carter Beaufort's formula that's the sauce man he he on i and i didn't even know that i just put them on the bottom and i was like i just want to see have some black heads on the bottom and then lo and behold those things every sound engineer at every show when i had that configuration they were just like ah oh, sounds so good just i didn't have to really work too hard to tune them because with that man it's just you know get something with some thump get a good enough tone and man i just like them to slam so well, you can yeah. thank Carter Beaufort for that yes, formula. Sir. So if you want the Carter Beaufort formula, that is a two-ply clear. That would be like an Emperor or a G2 on top and a Remo Ebony on bottom. That yes, is sir. his, maybe not the current formula, but at the time, yeah. that was what he was <laughs> rocking. Um, so like I said, you, you know, we've got a bunch of cool shots. On, that is your actual drum kit. Mm-hmm. This is a backline drum kit from one of the shows, and this is the one you are killing it with currently <laughs> dude yeah. I, you you look you look menacing right there <laughs> it's it's the sh- it's the three buttons undone with the the bead showing <laughs> it's all it's all it's all just uh what's it called uh ground beef showing chest hair start I calling you panama jack over <laughs> <Yeah>. here <laughs> I gotta stop wearing that hat, dude. It's like no, do like, not like stop that, wearing no, that, that cabana hat. You know, do not. You are no longer shipwreck. You are now Panama Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I should have loaded up the uh, the shipwreck thing I made a while back. Uh, and I remember yeah. 
because you're like it's shipwreck, and then for some reason in my mind I was like tugboat. <laughs> no, well, that's how he got the. That's how he. So let's take short, like a quick. We'll tell it quickly. That's how he got that name. Who was it? Was it uh, Andy Lee? I don't remember what the dude's. He was remember. a guitar player, though, right? I, dude, don't let me lie it, to you. It was it was Andy Lee, and anybody from around our area knows about Andy Lee. He's a he's a guitar player, like a big like Steve Vai type guitar player. And yeah. we were hanging out at the juke joint. And I think either you introduced yourself to him, or he asked, yeah. you know, oh man, what's your name? And you said, not drunk, in a very cl- I was there in a very clear tone. You said Cedric, and he goes. Oh, cool, shipwreck. And we're like, <laughs> how do you get, hey, man, yeah, yeah, Cedric. Shipwreck. Cool, shipwreck. Like, so we started calling him shipwreck. Dude, every time I go to you, what's up, shipwreck? And, there, and then all my friends, like, band members, they're looking at me like, why they calling you that? You Inside joke, shipwreck. bro. Inside joke. And, and, I, and then he said shipwreck. And then when I went home and I was like, what was his name? Was like, and, I was like, and I was like, it's something to deal with. Like, it's not a cool. And I was like, I think it's tugboat. And then I showed up and I was like, dude, where's tugboat? And Stephen, Stephen looks at me. And he's like, who is tugboat? tugboat? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, he put Magnolia by you. He goes, shipwreck. shipwreck. I go, oh, I've been calling him Tugboat. Like in my mind, that's like my head cannon was Tugboat. I don't know why. Close enough, shoot. <laughs> so not Tugboat, Shipwreck. And it's not even Shipwreck, it's Cedric. So Shipwreck. But you are no longer you got a pen over there. Yeah. Oh um, my god. You got uh you are no longer Shipwreck. You are now Panama <laughs> Panama Jack, Jack because of this very photo right here. <laughs> With the Tito's band. I, they, I didn't even know that said Tito's till after I, I folded it. I was like, oh, man. Well, ho- I was like, well, hopefully they'll send me some for, you know, if it gets out. I'm like, heck yeah, Tito's. Yeah, I do look like an old Florida man in that picture, though. <laughs> Has anybody approached you with, I mean, I'm, you know, y'all have had good success. Has anybody approached you yet for, like, any kind of drum endorsements or anything? No, I mean, I sent out. Dude, I bug Vader a lot. Like every time I post something, because I really love their sticks, but um, I just don't think I'm in that echelon yet to really bang on anybody's door. It would be nice though. Well, you know? keep plugging away, because like you, you know. said, I think, <clears throat> not think. I've learned that what those companies really care about. I mean, they do want somebody that's popular so that it gets their product out there, but they care more a lot about that you like their, like genuinely. Yeah. And I have heard you not only tell me what you just said, but on many occasions you have told me how much you really do like Vader drumsticks. So yeah. that's what they want. So I think if you just stick with it, no, don't obviously don't be bugging, but no. let them know every yeah, six just months. Just tag them. Like yeah. if I post like, man, like I tag, I know I tag Remo, Sabian, and Vader because those are the ones I religiously use. As far as drum kits, you know, it's it's all, you know, whatever. I just happen to be blessed with that Ludwig. And, uh, man, I've just been doing that ever since. But, I mean, if I if you ask me what drums that I really want to play, I mean, I've really been looking at Tama because that's the drum kit I started with. It's a great company. You know, and I think they sound great, and I just associate with that brand a lot, you know, as far as how I play and how those drums It's sound. very high. I mean, it's high quality. They do yes. sound great, uh, especially when once they, I mean, they really stepped it up. They've always made nice stuff. Um, of course, they took a little bit of hit when they couldn't use Babinga anymore because that's kind of their sauce was Babinga. Yeah. Um, but I think when they came out with that Star Reserve line, that is some of the nicest drums 
like kits and yeah. especially because they put more snares out. Mm-hmm. Some of, I saw a picture today of a Star Reserve. I don't remember what the shell was, but it was metal, and they and they hammered it, and it was one of the most beautiful looking snares. It was like it probably was steel because the shell was a gray color with the mm-hmm. small hammer marks, and it had gold hoops on. I mean, it was a really like so. Yeah, Tama has always. Yeah, I don't like Tama because of the tone, mm-hmm. but I'll admit one of the nicest drum kits I ever owned was a Tama Star Classic Babinga Birch. Like as far as the how it was made, the quality, the finish, the fit on everything. Like it's like that's some precision stuff that they do. And I also can't not mention Sonar because that kit that I have also like. I'll, even if I think I, if I would if I would have gotten endorsement by Tama hypothetically, I would not take that sonar snare off my kit ever. Dude. Well, it's a I'm it's like, a killer kit. You I, can't go wrong with a, um, just a maple setup. That's just yes. a whole maple drum kit. Um, I don't know I what the it. plies sonar uses on uh, on their midline. I have no idea. That's the cause. but it's like it's probably six probably six ply. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think that's a um, that's a lacquered sparkle, right? I, do, I don't I think don't that's know. a wrap. I'm pretty sure that's a lacquered it red. It looks sparkle. like it is though, because I don't I don't see any like layered for wraps or anything. Yeah, it's it, a really nice kit, and you can't go wrong with an entire maple kit. It just sounds so good. Oh my god! Because everybody dude. knows that maple's the best. Yes. So you can't okay. go wrong <laughs> with a maple kick. Uh, um, but uh, well, like I said, man, you just y'all keep working like you are. Y'all do really good shows, and you know y'all have good success. The, somebody, Tama. Vader, one day they'll notice like yeah. how genuine you are about the stuff you like, and yeah. then if you get to a point where they feel that you could be an addition to their roster, you know, you never know. I mean, I'm good at promoting. I mean, I might not have like hundred thousand followers, but hell, you'll get <laughs> you get product placement with me. That's all I can give you at this point, you know, you know. But I truly love the product, so you know, I like keep I said, plugging away. Y'all need to go on to. Um, Instagram and follow Cedric. It is that dude Feezy. I want to say it's <laughs> F E Z E E. Yep. That dude Feezy. Follow him on Instagram. Um, do you put out pretty constantly? As far as uh, uh I've been like I've been doing some now, but I, I, you know, when I get back into things, you know, I like to post, you know, gear photos and stuff like that because you know I'm a nerd, you know, but I'm not a constant poster like. Hey, look what I did today, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm making ramen. Do you, you want to hang out with me? I, I follow a comedian on Instagram, I'm and not. she's really good. She's really funny. Yeah. And I don't normally, when I see a, uh, a thing pop up for somebody's live, I don't really care. But she went live, and I wasn't doing anything, so I clicked on it. And she was just standing in the subway in New York, yeah. not talking, just reading the comments on the screen. And I was like, <laughs> what? This is not, what, this is, I don't. This that's is not something day. to be doing. That's modern day entertainment. You're not even gonna talk. <laughs> like, no, you're just gonna sit there and just be like, yeah, oh, okay, thanks, yeah, yeah, no, 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 and like that was it. And I was like, no, that's not what. <laughs> that's not what live is for. I think you missed out on. Uh. Oh, man. <laughs> so, but yeah, like I said, you guys can go follow him there on Instagram and check the band out. Um, pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a really good band. So if you're into blues rock or rocky blues or anything in that vein. It'll definitely fit, and he is. Um, if the vi- the other video you sent me flipped sideways, so I, I would have had a, sh- a clip of you playing. I think yeah. it's the one with you and um, uh, the guitar player. Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, me and Dylan. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. that that part with yeah. you and him, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, 
So, but I'm sure there's plenty of stuff out there on the band oh, Instagram. Yeah. Go on and, my uh, Instagram, go on the bands. We got clips there. Uh, also, YouTube, man. I, I actually got a couple uh, videos on my YouTube channel, which I don't really, I haven't promoted. Been very, very uh, laxed on that. But, well, like you said, or like, I don't know if we said it in the podcast or if we were before we started, it's a lot easier to gain followers on. Instagram because that mm. that it's such an instant connection as opposed to YouTube you got to wait for somebody to well either go live like us or upload a video yeah and I haven't been great about keeping a good schedule lately the only thing that's a good schedule now is the live show because we have to do it every Thursday yeah um yeah. so but yeah like I can understand why it's easier to go to Instagram to get a lot of that stuff for you um so. Um, before we get to the main topic of the day, Jarrett, do we have any cleanup in the comment section? So we got uh, Nothing But Drums asked, this is for you, Cedric, do you bring your own cymbals when you play festivals? Um, it depends if I'm driving. Don't We've only had to fly out to that Highway 30 gig once, so um, I typically like to bring symbols sticks and pedals if i can um but if i can backline it hey give my gear a break because you know i'm still a working class guy so symbols are expensive so anytime i can get away with not using if i don't have to you know i won't bring them so well let me ask you this on let's say you know on average when you show up and they provide everything symbols included is there normally good stuff there depends on the event. It's a place-by-place thing. Um, There have been more times where I have to use mine because just, you know, sometimes stuff just beat up. So um, I I, I I always bring all my gear, but typically if it's a more higher-profile gig like some of the festivals, you know, I'll use their stuff because it just saves me on having to sit up and break down and, you know, they can get the next band going and stuff like that since – I don't have any texts or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, I bring them if I need them. So, if that's something you uh, getting into, I would bring your gear just in case because you just never know what you're going to run into. Yeah, I mean, I would think at least for at least the three of us sitting here, which is probably everybody else. Obviously, your stick bag. Yep. More than likely, your bass drum pedal. Mm-hmm. More than likely, your snare. More than likely, your just your cymbals and just use the kit. Um, and I've always had pretty good luck with that. Um, I'm picky enough about. Um, even if like if the stripped down version was just sticks and cymbals, I'm too picky about snares and really picky about my bass drum pedal. So I always have to have yeah. that minimal. But I've, with that little cart, that's nothing for me to bring in those four things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but like you said, sometimes you show up and the stuff's good. And I know you've had <laughs> more than your share of interesting stuff, either sharing your stuff with the band that's before or after yeah. or having to use the band stuff that's before or after. Yeah. It's a, uh, sometimes it's a bit of a gamble, you know, you yeah. kind of walk in and it's like, all right, what you got? And it's like, Oh, it's, you know, here's the house kit. <clears throat> I'm like, all right, what is it? And it's like all B8. Yeah, really? <laughs> and they're like, that meme ah. is true. That meme is and for real. And they're dust covered. And the guy's like, yeah, I love this kit, man. It sounds great. I'm like, yeah, it does. A one. <laughs> I'm playing like jazz. A one. Two, uh, two, three, four, tang, tang, tang. I'm like, this is gonna be a very, it's gonna be a very rough 45 minutes with the, with the, with the boys. You know, uh, between that, I've had to backline a kit once, and I was a little nervous, and I was like, the, the guys were like, do you mind backlining? And I was like, 
oh, I've never played the Hippo before in Hattiesburg. And I was like, well, is it a big place? Is it small? I'm like, well, it's medium size. Like, what is medium? Like, give me square footage. Like, send me photos. I never got anything. So I'll just bring the 10, 14, 20, and we'll just do it live. Yeah. And then I had to, like, make, like, a, a makeshift rack tom mount the out of that tube that uh, Phil cut down for me. Yeah. For some weird reason, the, the mount... The what the screw goes into sometimes it tightens and sometimes you have it all the way tight and it's still loose. I remember this now. And so I have gaff tape wrapped around it to hold it in place, even though that the tube is the right size for it, it still like doesn't bite. So I have gaff tape like to shake as like a shim to like <laughs> go in like graduated. So like it, it just sits in and just hope to God nothing moves. And there's a band that played uh, after us in Hattiesburg. The guy was like, "Do you mind if I take the rack tom off?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude, go ahead." And then he brings out like this massive like 13 by nine, and the whole top head is nothing but duct tape. <laughs> I'm like, "What? Interesting choice." <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, man, it's part of my sound." I'm like, "All right, is everything else cool?" He's like, "Yeah, dude, I'm gonna play your snare and your cymbals are cool." He's like, "But I'm gonna use my rack tom." I'm like, "Out of all the things I've ever had someone like want to swap out, yeah, really brought a." Nine by thirteen, I don't even know what it was. I didn't even take a logo it, on it. With that much duct tape, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and it was just covered in tape, and I was like, "There's no way this sounds good." And like, you know how I tune my drums, kind of mid, mid high. Yeah. And then you know you have, gong gong, and I was like, it sounded really, really, really weird. And I was like, whatever, man. <laughs> hey, if that's like, your if, thing. If, if it's your thing, it's your thing. So I just sat in the back and bobbed my head, and they sounded great. Uh, bands called Forest. Um, their local group out of Hattiesburg, but it was cool, but very strange, <laughs> interesting, very interesting. Was pleasantly surprised by that was the one thing he wanted to change out. Just well, that's and that's a good point. Let me ask you this: What is the <clears throat> weirdest or most dire emergency you've ever run into on the road with a piece of gear, like something breaking or you know something like he said something funky, where it's like they hand you a trash can, and they're like, "Yeah, this is the kick drum." I think like that story I told you earlier with that 26, that was probably the worst because I didn't have a backup head, and it was, I believe it was a Sunday night, so you know, like, nothing's open. <laughs> was it a fairly big so, gig? Uh, it was, yeah. It it was a pretty sizable crowd for that, for that night um, opening for him. So <laughs> my bass drum, we got two songs in and boom it was done so we had to cut our set short meanwhile the headliner drummer he's scouring around the venue trying to find duct tape he manages to duct tape the hall enough shut to get through a couple of his sets yeah and yeah, they yeah. managed to bring in um one of the venue guys is uh bass drums and at the last minute so he finished out on like this little pearl vision like sparkly bass drum and uh yeah so that was probably the worst man like that, that was my hard lesson of learning like when you're on the road I always bring backup heads yes always and i have just have backups and don't play with sizes that are weird you can't find number anywhere. one go right now not right now never not, never right now when the show's done go make yourself a drummer's emergency kit. And if yes. you don't know what to put in an emergency kit, just go on YouTube. There's a billion videos, but it's like all the obvious stuff. Extra tension rods, some wing nuts, maybe a spring for your bass. Like yep. put all the stuff that could possibly break into a tiny little bag and throw it in whatever is always with you. And like he said, <laughs> try to pick stuff that's 
you know, like conventional. I have a, I have, I have a, I have a sixteen-inch snare drum. But if I if I break that head, like well, not obviously not the top head, but if something happens to that bottom head, yeah, there's not. I'm not gonna find a sixteen-inch hazy ambassador anytime quickly. No. So try to use stuff that's easily replaceable. Yeah. Get yourself a drummer's emergency kit. And like I know if, personally, like when I go to Key West and like anything that's like important, mm-hmm. I'll bring two snare drums. I have uh, those Remo Fallum Slam pads, the little mm-hmm. the little white. Is that how you spell flam? F L A M. No, that's not what they say on them. They say F A L A M. I swear to God. I'll have to check mine in the house. I'll check. I will check right now. I'm telling you, they say F A L A M. But anyway, the point is, is I will admit those little patches, the the ones that are thick enough to do any protection, they do change the sound of your bass drum. But I think once you weigh that against never breaking your bass drum head, yeah. I think they are definitely uh, worth it. And I'm going to prove you wrong right now if I can get this to... Uh... <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> Remo Fallum Flam. Look. <laughs> I thought it was Flam. I'm sorry. Am I lying? F-A-L-A-M. So we're doing Flam taps? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go out and get yourself a Remo Fallum Slam. They're made out of like the same stuff that the marching heads are basically no, made out of. Like Kevlar, Kevlar. Kevlar. Yeah. So you're not going to break it. Yeah. I have used those little thin clear or cloth Evans ones. Those are terrible. Nah, those don't, don't do anything. <laughs> go get yourself either like you got on the Midtown. What's the Aquarian? Do you know what the Aquarian's called? Oh, uh, the guy... Things like it's just like I think it's just called like a cake patch. There's is thick enough. Not to... the one that's clicky, is it? No, 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 no. no. This is just a no. white, oh, okay. you know. But that one will do enough for protection, and the Remo Fallum Slam Pad will protect <laughs> you. So do that. Put that on your bass drum. You'll never have a problem. I've got the same Emad is going on like three years on on that kit, and I don't know how long I've had the Midtown from you. Two years. Yeah. So neither one of them has broken, and they both have that patch on there. So protect yourself at the gig so you never have to do what Panama Jack over here. You never want to get half your pay that night. Be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) I know you got to hit the next town. (laughs) Whenever our band uh, had our first show, uh, the guys that headlined for us, uh, what they call Helvetica Effect, their drummer Cyrus, super, super sweet guy, super nice, plays super aggressive metal and everything and their band's going that's like their third song you know i was like oh no i look over and i see the snare wires have busted and so i hauled butt out of kirk's bazaar went and got my snare drum everyone in the crowd that looking around i'm like like i'm like excuse me sorry pardon me i ran through (laughs) grabbed my drum out of the case ripped it open and then like the, it was awesome. Their song like a soft part. He's like, like back into it again. And I was like, awesome, man. And I was on that that uh, Mapex Brassmaster with the coded ambassador. I'm like, and after I watched him play after that, after that again from the side, and I was like, this is probably not going to end well for that drum because <laughs> I had that, that I had that ambassador on for like a year and a half, oh, and it had just. And it had God. no dents, no divots, and not even like barely even a scratch. Most of my brushes on it, 
And then when he got done, it was like mashed potatoes. <laughs> like like the coating in the middle was gone. Because he's using like he's using two B nylon tips. It was, oh my it was God. just mashed but it, like I like I tell you, when I when I took the head off, it was just and I thought I was like it's it's done, and then I was like I I I, I rubbed it, I apologized to it, and I threw, I threw it away. It's Be like, like little guy, we were helping somebody out. No. It's worth it. He beat me bad. He, he beat me hard. <laughs> I felt so bad. It's like he's like, man, this snare drum sounds great. I'm like, yes, it did sound great. It did, didn't it? <laughs> it, did. it doesn't anymore. He's a super nice guy, but it was not prepared for those massive tree trunks he was playing with. But yeah. you I, saved the day. I did. You saved the man, day. I was somebody. Can to my rescue. That would have been awesome. I've been like, I had to pay that dude extra for doing that. <laughs> if you Jeez. play on a day down here that's not on the weekend when I'm not working from yeah. five to one, I got you. Heck yeah. I'll be in the wings, <laughs> all black. Just like I keep a side, I keep another snare on the stand set up on the side because that was another hard lesson I had to learn too. Head went out, didn't have a backup, and I was like, any any drummers in the house? Somebody, <laughs> anyone. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the comments. <laughs> All right, we got uh, Richie says, Vader's our personal fave of mine. Totally get it. Yes, He sir. also says he enjoyed the new record. Uh, Nothing But Drum says, hi, I get it. Mike Malone um, said, what's up? Late to the party. He Mike goes, Malone. He goes, new to you. Drum said, en route from Wisconsin to Mississippi. Oh. oh, so it's gonna be here. I'm super excited. I My, bet that was a pain in the butt to pack up. Two boxes, pa a snare drum assemble. When you have to go the whole route and pack up a kit, and I think didn't he even do a video? Yeah, he did. So he knows, and he'll probably he probably did a wonderful job. It's still a pain in the butt. Oh, he gave me the whole rundown. Uh, whenever he's like, I got all your stuff packed up. He's like. Like smaller box is gonna be one rack tom inside the floor tom mufflers are off so I think it's scratched or broken inside a baggie inside another head all <laughs> packed up so it's all safe he goes big box he goes be careful I have a rack tom inside of the bass drum all packed around it's like be very careful the Pratt muffler I didn't want to touch it because it's very sensitive he's like so it's all done up nice and just be careful so there's another section he goes so he's like do not cut it from any other side except where the shipping labels are that's the like that's the opportune side to open everything yeah, up yeah. and I was like thanks. <laughs> Very excited to like walk and you know get home. Hopefully, uh, it doesn't die in shipping. Yeah, but I'm ready to cut it open. It's gonna be fun. And Mike says, I once played a multi build show with the band, and the promoter insisted I use the headliner's kit. But once I got to the sound check, I found out the headliner's drummer was left handed. Oh, mm. dude, mm. that ain't gonna that work. is not even. <laughs> That ain't gonna work. That is not. I mean, obviously you could switch everything around, but that's a pain in the. Yeah, and then uh, he he continues. He goes, "Mike cables already run. Sound checked by headliner, oh. and they didn't want me to move anything other than swapping out my snare and cymbals." <laughs> I mean, how are you gonna swap out? <laughs> you well, you gotta sit out that show, sir. I'm about to say, how do you even? How do you even do? Because I've sat on a left-handed kit, and I sound like an idiot. Because obviously, you know, the the yeah. hands aren't a big deal, but once you swap those feet, it's yeah. done. It's it's like, uh, wait, 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 hold on, and you just, I, I don't even, Mike, that's that's a tough one, bro. <laughs> I mean, you would have been lucky if he set up like, what's that guy on YouTube, Harry McCree? Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, bro. Yeah, the dude, <laughs> that the dude, bro. <laughs> if you had his set up, dude, you've been straight. If you know how to play, you know, right hand open, just. 
But, but again, the feet, sucks, man. That's where though, it's like, yeah. oh, dude. That sucks, man. Yeah, Jesus. I'm like, well, we ain't playing tonight because I'm not getting on stage. So yeah, I'm like really? A yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's crazy, though. Good Lord. Oh, uh, nothing but drum says, what kind of tiny little bag fits a 26-inch head? <laughs> uh, I don't think, unless you want to get into my territory with that Brady collapsible drum. It's a 28, but yeah, epic, true. But it folds. A collapsible drum? Yeah. Yeah, you never seen that? Never seen it? Yeah, got it from Mm. Hugh. Yeah, so like the shell is like in sections and it folds in with like a little eye. Mm -hmm. And then the heads are already put on to the hoops because it's calf. Mm -hmm. And so it's, there's like the hoop splits in two. There's a uh, brass ring that goes around it. You put the head through. The rings are your new flesh hoop. You then tighten it back on the hoops and then it folds so it all sets in a little box, a little case. Yeah, it looks like a suitcase. Yeah. It's crazy. And then whenever you get ready to play, you pop it out, unfolds in, in quarters, and then you have the long single tension. So you fold, op- open the bass drum up. It's got two little, like a female and a male end, goes together, and then you just put the hoops on, tension rods go across, tighten it up by your thumb, and you're good to rock and roll. Sound good. I have not put it together. Because oh. the hu- the heads are kind of busted, yeah. And Hugh said it's a showpiece. Yeah, it's yeah. worth a lot of money. Like yeah. that's yeah. You, that's a that's a silver bullet for if you ever get caught in a pinch. That's what you said. That's an easy fifteen hundred dollars, like all day. A foldable drum. Yep. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's very cool. You don't see it. With, in it how old is it? From the twenties. Yeah, it's back mm. when they were still making stuff up. Like there weren't any set rules yet, so they were just like, <laughs> well, let's see if we can make this. Fit into a car trunk. Well, you know that weird. You seen that box had that weird shaped base. Yeah, yeah. Where the heck do you find a replacement head for that? Remo makes them. Yeah, really. Only, oh yeah, yeah still. Remo. Remo makes them still. I'm like, why they shape them like that? Like, where are you gonna find that? Because there's like? a baffle in that bass drum. Hmm. Like, there's a baffle coming. I don't think it goes all the way through, but there's a baffle in that bass drum. So you had two. Does it offset the sound? Like, what is it? I mean, I've never heard I, one. I've heard, I've heard like the new ones when they're doing yeah. the uh, um, the reviews, but I've never really actually messed with one. And uh, I, to be honest with you, I think those finishes are ugly. That I would, silver sparkle. That silver. No, it's like, like silver snakeskin. So it's like crocodile oh, skin. Yeah, it's yeah. terribly. Uh, like I get bringing the drum back because those are cool drums. Mm-hmm. Not in that. I mean, that no. is the worst. <laughs> Come on, Vox. What are you doing? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, oh man. Richie says phalam pads are king. Mike Malone said it sucked. Had to flip the snare and floor tom and hi hats, but everything was left where it was. At least he got to move part of it. Jeez. And then Richie said, I had to play left foot lead through the entire left side of a double pedal because I sprained my ankle, needed the money, let the hi-hat just stay closed. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, That makes sense. I know whenever Pat did the same thing whenever he broke uh, his leg. I did the same thing, too. Mm. Yeah, Playing with, actually, the gig was with Pat, and I had rolled my ankle. So all I could do was clamp down the hi-hat. And they just go to town. That was when we did double drummers at the grocery, like a long, long time ago. Uh, that's cool. Then you know you can have somebody help you. I guess pick up the slack. I guess where you couldn't do any hi hat work. Yeah, because you know? it was actually cool because uh, we had kind of agreed early on since there were going to be two drummers, and we didn't want to just do the same thing. He basically brought out every drum he owned. Like he brought kick, three up. One down, yeah. Um, snare. He took. He had taken a bass drum and made a gong out of it, and he set it right in between us so we both could hit it. Oh, and I did the opposite. I set up kick, snare, 
and then like every symbol I had, like <laughs> hi hat, splash, 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 crash, crash, ride, China, like so he had the drums yeah. and I had all the symbols and we had a gong bass drum right in the middle of us. So if you were sitting here, all he had to do was this, and if I was sitting here, all I had to do was that. It was cool. And I Dude. played that off crutches. Like I came crutched up to the stage, <laughs> sat down, propped my leg off to the side, and played that show. Man, I wish I had a video of that. That sounds well. That cool. was I was twenty, probably twenty three. So that was before cell phones were good oh, enough to man. take. That was back when you had to have <laughs> a, a a flip or a GoPro or a, yeah. I, yeah. I, I I was probably in middle school <laughs> doing this. It was fun though. It yeah. was it, it was it was a lot of fun back when the grocery actually did bands, which is. That tells you how long ago it was. Yeah. So uh, it, it was it was definitely fun though. And then yeah. last comment we got is David Huckstap and said, "Awesome show." David has been uh, commenting quite a bit on the Bearded Drums channel, so thank you for all your comments, David. And glad you are here to hang out with us. So now that we've gotten <clears throat> all of the comments out of the way, all our housekeeping's done. Everybody knows who Cedric is. Jarrett's having a better week. Now we can actually get to. The topic of today's show, which I don't even remember what it was. Which one did we say we were saving for when? Um, Supposed to be chops, right? Okay, this Ooh. is a this is a controversial one uh. today. We are going to be talking <laughs> about to chop or not to chop, hmm. which is every time I see drummer forum arguments, face. Well, I'm not on Facebook anymore, but when I saw Facebook arguments, arguments in the chat section or the comment section of YouTube, if they're arguing about anything. Chops is usually a big, big subject. Well, let me start with the bold statement that you can't really argue. Hold on, let me put your camera on you so you can speak to the people. Well, to all the drummers out there, I will say this at the top of this conversation, and it's been proven time and time again. Chops are fun, but grooves pay the bills every time, no matter what. Yeah, I would would totally agree. Like... At the end of the day and at the beginning of the day and the middle of the day, your job is to play. And I, I always kind of feel like I'm that jerk that's saying, you got to serve the song. But it's true. Like you really do. It, if the song calls for a very slow quarter note on the hi-hat money beat, that's what you got to play. Mm-hmm. It might not be the most fun thing to play in the world. But if that's what the Magnolia Bayou song sounds like, mm-hmm. or if that's what the Push song sounds like, or if that's the tune that we're playing in the cover band that has that be, you can't do what you want. Like, I remember a while back at the Coveys, mm-hmm. it was the year that Sarad was there. Oh, it was, at the, it, was at, it was at the bow. And we all know Sarad's an amazing player. And mm-hmm. Sarad does know when to chop and when not to chop. Mm-hmm. But it was at the bow. And you know how when you go to the Coveys, uh, they'll have like, did you go to the bow ever? Yeah, I've been to bow one or two times. You know what? Yeah. They have the band playing after the Coveys in 875. Mm-hmm. Well, they were doing that. And then they were bringing people up. And I, I got dragged up there to do a song. And, you know, everybody's getting pulled up. And they brought Sarad up to do Piano Man. Mm-hmm. By uh, Billy Joel, yeah, which is in three, mm-hmm. and we all know Sarad is like a monster, and they get into like toward the end of the song, they're really cooking, and then he starts playing over the bar, he starts messing with the pulse, and like the whole band is going, <laughs> like it was in time, it sounded good, yeah. but if you're not a drummer, the stuff he was doing was like. 
what dude i don't know where the one is yeah and he uh, really quickly noticed and stopped doing it because he was he started going off into triplet town and playing over the bar and like the band just was like yeah i have no clue what's going on what's well, about who you're playing with too that makes a big difference like i'll say for instance like to do something like that, um, what was that old keyboard player that moved that line? Darius. Darius, that's his running that, partner. That guy, yeah. Like, those two are made for each other. But, like, playing with somebody like Kim that likes to do a lot of that fusion, like, real odd, like, that's perfect. But, I mean, but if you know how to do it well and don't make it sound weird, like, you can, I guess you can get away with it. But that, my opinion is... You can chop in a song without even making it chop, like throwing in some real cool intricate grooves that, you know, can take a simple song from, you know, just a regular four bar of just, you know, quarter notes or something and just, you know, splicing it up and making it something funky without having to go, you know, all over. Well, Jarrett and I talk about that all the time because I hate solos. I get a- I get angry when somebody says, took a drum solo. <laughs> I would do, I'd rather do like you're talking about play under the band Mm -hmm. and maybe make the beat the solo or and there's nothing wrong with even in a typical song to every once in a while and i do mean once in a while to throw out a cool chop Mm -hmm. if you've got a nice lick that you know you can land and it sounds cool and it'll fit that part of the song by all means do it i think the problem comes in when it's nothing but like every four bars you're coming back in and and you can almost like you go okay here he comes and there he goes. Yeah. And he landed it. And then the song keeps going. And four bars later, you're like, and there he goes again. Like, that's <laughs> when, yeah. you know, I think you run into the problem, you know. And, of course, we're talking about live play, yeah. uh, which is a whole different, you know. Uh, like, did you, when you started in Magnolia Bayou, how did you enter that band? Were you very reserved and being like, no, I got to learn where we're at? Or did you come out swinging and maybe throwing some chops that you didn't need to throw in, you know, in there. I always, anybody I play with, um, but with that band, I, I was reserved. Like anybody I jam with, I'm reserved because when you play with new people, or if you, you know, if you never met them, you know, you want to feel each other out and see where, see where they're going. You know, that's what I did with the band. I listened to the first album that Richie, Richie played on, good stuff. Um, just kind of learning where they were going and then, uh, we were there in the process of writing stuff for another album at the time too. So, you know, we were writing new songs and just kind of feeling my way. I always, my philosophy is like, if I was a, a gigging drummer or something, you know, going, you know, touring or whatever, I like to underplay. I rather somebody tell me to play more than like, why the heck are you playing all that? Like, you don't need that. I rather somebody say, you know, throwing an extra, you know, whatever, you know, quarter note or something in there, you know, or yeah, like you said, because you somebody... want room to build, and you don't want somebody to to tear you down because now you're gonna feel like I don't want to ever feel like I'm stepping on toes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's you it's know? better to be in that position. Where it's like, man, you're killing it. It sounds great, but if you want to bump it up a little bit, yeah. it's way better than somebody being like, "Hey, man, cut it out!" Like you're annoying the band, or you lost the band, or whatever the situation may be. Yeah. Um, and there's always a time. I think to do it properly, Jared is a good example of two weeks ago, they were playing not a hard tune. You know, they were just up there jamming, but Jared fell into this Zen like state where all of a sudden he's, he starts messing with the pulse. 
He starts <laughs> modulating. He's throwing little licks in there. He's ghost noting the ever living crap out of it. And uh, but he's done built this thing up. And by the end, everybody was like, dude, because he was <laughs> killing it. Yeah. But they, you know, it was the right situation where he started off just normal. And it's like, oh, OK, well, a little bit more. And then the band kept following. And he and by the end of it, it was this really cool jam. Yeah. Um, and, and, and sure enough, at the end, everybody was clapping. It was like, yeah, you nailed that. And it was the right time to do that. Because yeah. when I was doing it, the, the scariest part <clears throat> is like making sure like everyone knows what is going on. Yeah. And it's like, so we had uh, Schnocky was playing bass. And then we had this guy around my age playing guitar. And then Brennan hopped up on keys. And so it was, I was a little nervous because I was like, all right, well, Schnocky normally plays guitar. And I was like, so I'm not quite sure how he's going to handle playing the bass on this. And Brennan would throw out, like, because it was in 4-4, four, four, and then it changed into, like, a kind of a 6-8 kind of thing. Mm. And I was like, well, I'll keep the 6-8, but I'll add a little pulse, kind of jab it, like a little 4 kind of thing going over top of it. And then I was getting kind of frisky, and then everyone's kind of following it, and then Brennan kind of led the whole thing. <clears throat> I just kind of followed him, but it was, whenever I started, like Steven said, I started to kind of get a little wild. I got a little scared because I was like, all right, who is going to fall apart? And I was like, I try to make sure that one, everyone at least. Well, but I was about to say, I, I noticed that even when you started dipping in, I was like, <clears throat> his one is still right there. Mm -hmm. His one stayed good. And, and that would be, if I was to say any, you know, the same thing to anybody out there, like at the very least, like you said, make sure everybody knows where one yeah. is. Cause then you can do whatever. As long as that pulse is pretty defined, exactly. you know, where you're not going to lose them mm -hmm. then, you know, but like I said, you had the right timing, you built it up. You didn't just jump in. And by the end of it, then it was really like a really cool, uh, you know, jam that y'all had going on. That was a lot of fun. Like I said, I was real scared through like, like getting up to like that, like the peak. I was like, all right, hopefully we're still together. But I'm going to, Boom! All right, okay. Everyone knows what the, where one is at. All right, do something crazy, and I try to make sure like it was like your standard, like going into one fill, just so like we would be concrete. And I was like, all right, I think everyone gets the the formula. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows the structure, of what's going on. Everyone's kind of vamping on it. I think I can kind of like let my wings fly, and then I was like, all right, I got a little squirrely for a minute. I was like, all right, we're good. All right, back into one. Here we go. All right, and just kind of let the groove kind of die back down. But it was. It was fun, like I said, it was a little scary just yeah. to make sure, because like I know that the guy playing guitar, Sebastian, he kind of comes from my kind of background, playing like jazz and stuff, so he's defined. I know Matt's been doing the cover thing for a while. I don't know how deep Matt ever got. Yeah. And then you know Brennan's all around, knows what's going on, um, but at the same time, I don't want to start throwing anything weird, and everyone's like, "Where is one? Where is one?" <laughs> Where? <laughs> You know. Well, it worked out. It worked out perfectly. Yeah. And like for you, <clears throat> how often do you like, do you, number one, do you get to take solos at the Magnolia Bayou shows? Or is that kind of like if it happens naturally, it happens? Well, the big time the, lately I've been doing solos like um, we, the, we do this song by Black Sabbath called Fairies Wear Boots. And there's a break like toward the end. And uh I don't know. There was a point where they were like, you should do a drum solo here. And I keep telling, I hate, I, I don't like doing drum solo either for one. And I'm not trying to put myself down. I know I'm not that virtuoso type drummer. You know, I'm a I group would guy. Um, 
But I do them. I, I don't feel confident about them, but I've been doing them lately just to kind of see where they go. You know, I know most drummers have a structure to them, how they do it, you know, but really that's the only time during shows that I take them. I don't go out of my way and say, hey, I want to take a solo Well, tonight. like you said, that that song has a section in yeah, it where it's... it just conveniently fits, you know, like yeah. I can get crazy for like a minute or something let's do a, a quick uh flurry or whatever and then get back to what we're doing flurry flurry just and then all right let's get this <laughs> i mean i will i'll i'll you know i'll if if another opportunity came where i felt it musically made sense because i don't like just getting on there and just you know just throwing out chops if i well do that was solo, gonna be that was gonna be my question though like so not not solos like a defined solo how often do you take the risk or is it pretty often that you naturally get to throw out a nice little fill and or chop in, oh, in all the, the song? time live like if if something feels good because i live i generally I mean, we play the song like it is but live a lot a lot of us in the band you know depending on the night we're having you know i might throw a cool time feel in a certain spot or, you know, I might come into the song a different way, change the feel up. You know, sometimes I do. We do it to mess with each other sometimes <laughs> every night. But you got to keep it fun because when you're playing the same songs every night, you know, you want to keep it fresh and fun. You yeah, know? you don't want so, it to get stale. That's But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I do it all the time, whether it's something big or just something small. Because well, I know it's going to get me that I look back like me and the bass player, we look at each other like. I do it with Dakota all the time, <laughs> and that's like playing what I call band games during the yeah. gig. Not only you don't get bored. Not so much for you because it's original music, but like for me, sometimes yeah. in the cover band, like if we're playing – Give me one reason. Yeah. That's not my time to shine. So yeah. I'm not really doing that much or, you know, the the What's Up song by Four Nine Blondes. That's not like yeah. the most drummer centric. So that's when I like play games with really Dakota. Yeah. And he's really good about, he's got a certain little lick that he plays. And it's about when he can fit that in any song. And I'll do the same thing from the Tom <laughs> to the Bell. Do-do-ding. Yeah. And so we'll play that game, and then obviously the game of Dakota grabbing the crash symbol and yeah. muting it, you know, without you knowing. Yeah. Uh, which happened two, two or three Sundays ago when you were there. Some other guy that is not normally there sat in. Yeah. And uh, you know, when I and Jared are up there playing, and if one of us even not even turns our head, we could be looking right at him. But usually if I turn my head and he knows I'm not looking, he will grab my crash and I'll go to in the fill and it goes, you know, black a dick a plank. And I'm like, and it's a, it's a fun thing. Well, this other guy got up to sit in, doesn't know any of us. It was his first time. Yeah. And Dakota just playing around, did it to the guy. And he, the guy thought Dakota meant stop playing. <laughs> the guy stopped the song. And and he, and he and he was like, oh, what did I do? And it was like, no, 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 no. Dakota's just playing with you. Like it's not. That wasn't a bad thing. That was a good thing. But he he yeah. inadvertently freaked that little drummer out because the kid didn't know about the symbol game. Uh, hopefully, he comes back and be like, all right, now you get to mess with Dakota now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, and I don't think I did a very good job of it because I didn't. I didn't make it very obvious. He did it to me a couple of times one night, and then I saw I just grabbed his cable and yeah. pulled it out of his base. <laughs> he flipped out. He's grabbing every knob. He's turning back toward the amp, and I'm like, dude, it's your, I pulled your cable out of the base. 
<laughs> so I got him back, but it wasn't a smooth transition as opposed to if he just grabs my symbol, nothing's going to happen. I made him freak out. So I'm sorry, Dakamomo, for doing that to you. I will find a better oh, yeah, one. Maybe I'll just class. grab your volume knob next time and, and turn it down. <laughs> but things uh, like that are fun and they keep the gig yeah, fresh. And yeah. like, you know, but um, back to what we we're saying, you know, I think timing is the biggest thing yeah, when right. Jarrett was doing his thing the other night and what you're talking about, what you can and cannot do on the road. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's all <clears throat> really all of this is the live aspect, which I think most of us can agree to chop or not to chop in the context of live band play. Most of the time it's to not chop. Like yeah. you need to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. Now we can hop to the other side, mm -hmm. the dark side of the universe, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Yeah. That's when Cap I, City. That is it, your dude. that's your time to shine. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, you man. Know. There's talented cats out there. So many of them, man. Oh, and there's I'm, thousands. I mean, you know. not even thousands. There's tens of thousands and they get younger as we get older. But yeah. you know, the thing that stands out among all those guys like I see a lot of these guys. I don't know what this guy's name is, but um have you ever seen this guy on Instagram? He looks like an older guy. He does those uh, drum takes in the um, airline hangar. He has this real fat drum sound. But anyway, my point is, like, guys like him, and I see other guys, like, uh, using their drums, doing this gated sound, doing some really cool grooves, man, like, making some real smooth tracks. Like, those are guys I really get into. It's not that... You know, I have a bad taste in my mouth for drummers who chop out, but, you know, ever since I was in high school and, and that gospel chop stuff came out, was real popular, you know, those guys play really impressive. But I feel like a lot of people are going for that, which is cool. It's talented, but, you know, I I kind of like more of those guys who are more musical in their approach. See, I'd, I would actually argue against you. I would say we're actually coming out of the chop Fad. Like, mm -hmm. I think we're literally, and Jared and, had, Jared and I have had this conversation. I think mm -hmm. we're on the tail end of chops. Yeah. Like, not that that'll ever not be a thing because playing flashy and or complicated or, you know, multi-layered fills has always been a thing since the beginning of drumming. But, like, yeah. literally breaking it down more into the gospel chops thing. Yeah. I think that fad is coming to an end because I've noticed on Instagram especially it's a lot of guys doing the gated thing right now. Yeah. And it seems to be a lot of guys are really now the fad is, and it's a good fad is to just experiment with the tone of your drums. Yeah. Not necessarily how many 16th note triplets can I fit into this bar? You know, I think it's now kind of morphing into, that's why you see a lot of guys are buying vintage drums because they have different tones. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are doing the gated thing. They're doing the big fat snare drum thing. They're all putting towels on their snares. They're putting, car keys on their symbols and i think that's kind of what we're coming into even though we're still in the chop thing because yeah. there's plenty of guys that do that specifically oh yeah you do know well man but uh no that's no hate or nothing toward those guys it, it sounds great but you know it's like in my in my opinion it's like a dime a dozen now because you know you're so overexposed to it and yeah, i'm sure these guys can groove and do all that but you know i just like you know, guys who take that more musical approach, like you said, doing the experimental with the drum sounds and stuff like that, and just kind of really finding, you know, a way to stand out, man. Well, kind of to emphasize what you just said, once you've seen somebody do a flurry, <laughs> that, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. yeah. Once you've seen Eric Moore do a 16th note triplet fill over the bar line, yeah. you've seen it. Once you've seen Carter Beaufort do those blazing singles around the kit, You've seen it. Mm -hmm. And then when everybody starts doing it, 
constantly. And then it's not so much that they do it constantly or that they even do it on Instagram. They start doing it in places during the song or the track they're playing to where it doesn't belong. Yeah. You know, or like I was watching a guy because um, they want to learn Susudio by Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. Not a hard song. But I hadn't heard it in a long time. And I just wanted to make sure there were no weird stops or changes. So I'm listening to this guy on YouTube. If you if you look up Susudio by Phil Collins, it'll mm-hmm. probably be one of the top searches. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a yellow pearl kit, and he's killing it. And he's got this one really cool kind of like paradiddle fill that he does. It kind of sounds like the the backing drum track on the actual song, the little mm-hmm. electronic drums in the background. And it was cool, and he kept doing it like, Every 40 seconds. Yeah. And it fit the song. It was perfect. And then the song ends, and then he knew it was his time to shine. The track's done faded out, but he's now he's not just playing the boom. Now he's doing. And he finishes out the song with just a flurry of fills and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you nailed it up until that point. You should have just ended the song or faded out with the track because you had it. And he had a great little chop that he was doing in the right place. But then the song ended, and he was like, it's my time. It's hey. my... And it was just like this cacophony. <laughs> At least he went to the song. You <laughs> True. Know what I mean? True. You know, hey. you know, so I think, you yeah. know, like we were saying, a lot of it is just situational. Um, and, and obviously Instagram and YouTube, that's where you do it. Yeah. You know? But I also believe, too, it depends what kind of genre. Like, if you're doing fusion or, like, I call it that more extreme style, even, like, you know, those guys in speed metal, you know, that do that kind of stuff. I mean, that that's a place for that kind of stuff, you know. True. Because yeah, that's I w- what that music is built off of, you know, just impressive, you know, like Billy Cobham. And, uh, but anyway, then, you know, I can't name all those drums. Uh, um, anyway, anyway, that's besides the point. But, yeah, there's a place for it is the point. Or, like, part, don't you know? do it in a swing tune. Yeah. Or it might even be a super fast, super complicated swing tune, but those <laughs> Those choppy modern fills don't sound like swing music. Mm-hmm. And there's not to say that there's certain fills you should play with swing music, but there's a certain feel. Yeah. Yeah. Or a certain sw- swagger is a good way to put it for me mm-hmm. to a jazz fill, mm-hmm. even a complicated one. Mm-hmm. And you start doing an Eric Moore style fill or a Tony Royster style fill yeah. in a swing song. Because I've noticed, have you caught Tony Royster lately? Now that he's not working, he's doing those jazz gigs. I've seen a, a couple videos. He yeah. kills it. But also, the playing that he's doing right there doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard Tony do. So he was smart enough to know, okay, the Jay-Z thing is not going to work. Well, I'm sure he knows that. I mean, he's Well, freaking, of course, but I'm saying like yeah. he's smart yeah. enough to know yeah. like that what I'm probably most known for is not what will work. Mm-hmm. And he's still killing it, oh, playing yeah. super complicated comping patterns with yeah. his left hand, but it's in that kind of swaggery jazz style as yeah. opposed to, like I said, taking an Eric Moore feel and putting it in, you know, a swing tune. And it's not going to sound right. Yeah. You know? It's it's not, you know, it's conducive. Kind of, I kind of uh, compare that also, like, when it comes to, like, singers, for instance, like, you know, all the pop music. And none of this is not a slant against all that stuff. But, like, for, in- for instance, like, Beyonce has a great voice and she does the pop music. But could you imagine if she went off and, you know, did, like, a classic R&B album with some studio musicians like, you know, Adele and really had that good classic sound. I guess if I don't know if that's a good comparison, but you know, well, but I see what you're saying. You know, like flashing, then you know you get that good gravy mix of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. If that makes any sense, I don't know. Which is always one thing that I liked about 
not that I was the biggest fan, Amy Winehouse. Yeah. I didn't really care for her when she was out. Um, and obviously she's super huge now that she passed away, but mm-hmm. she seemed like she had both worlds in good control. Like she could run out there and really throw some cool vocal licks out there. But then you put her in the studio with Tony Bennett, like right before she passed away mm-hmm. and they're doing like literal jazz ballads and it's perfect. So yeah. she had a nice balance of oh, that record was great, dude. That band she had, I think it was the Dap Kings, dude. Yeah. They're, they're a phenomenal band. Like that whole record was good from top to bottom, man. It's Every like time I've seen a live sp- performance, it's always been super killer. Yeah. Really and I good. love it because there's one uh, where they're doing rehab and the guy, the drummer starts off the song and she stops him and she's like, no, not until I say. And he was, you know, he's like, okay. And she did her little, what a woo. And then, and, and then he leaned in, but it was yeah. funny to see her at like, it looked like it might have been at Hyde Park, that big, yeah, uh, yeah. In, in, in England. Stop the dude. Just like, nah, man, wait, wait for it. Yeah. It was, it was really funny to see, but at the end, the, the, the product was better because she knew what she wanted. Yeah. You know, so like I said, it's, I think it's situational. Yeah, that exactly. Like that, it just depends what what place you're in, what position you're in, and what it calls for. You know, so this isn't. Uh, I hate chops. I'm bashing chops, kind of thing. I'm just, you know. No, we don't. I'm learning a chop know. right now. I'm yeah. learning a a sixteenth note triplet chop. Yeah. Right now, knowing full well that once I have it good enough to use live, mm-hmm. I probably won't get to use it. Yeah. That's there will a, be like that one song a night where I'm like playing and then the maybe the hook comes around or the bridge i'm like oh this is the spot but it might be one time in one song in a Mm. three-hour gig yeah you know knowing full well you're not really gonna get to use that oh yeah you know but still we like we like chops here just as much as the next guy Uh, jared likes chops you like i've seen you chop i've seen you chop you know i'm working on right right now (laughs) we're not downing chops we're just trying to emphasize when and where those chops should be used. Because yeah. I know Jarrett has strong opinions about this because I remember him telling me about it when we brought up the topic of chops. You know, and he, like I, has pretty strong opinions on the whole thing, you know, from your point of view. Yeah, because, like, playing chops is is cool. It's fun. And like you're saying, it definitely depends on the style of music wholeheartedly. Like... <clears throat> When you get into guys that play in, like, you mentioned, like, all, like, more aggressive, like, metal and stuff. And, like, some of those metal bands, like, that's their whole, like, basis. Mm-hmm. As, like, you got guitar players playing all these weird, crazy, complicated things, and you're playing drums behind them. You're going to, a lot of these, like, you're vocalizing what they're playing and enunciating. And you're not going to be sitting there just playing, you know, digga, 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 that's been done for years now, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, getting like your thrash and everything. Now everyone's like playing like these crazy, complicated, like uh, Ocean Eight, Alaska. Their drummer Chris Turner, uh, I forgot what producer um, guy does like rap music and stuff. Got with their band who does, uh, I forgot what their technical genre is yeah. of metal, but they're super like hardcore, like cra- playing crazy meter changes and all this other wild stuff. But it's like in your face the entire time. Yeah. And they had him, and you know he plays like this cool like double bass groove, and then it's like, he starts playing like over the bar, and then he starts playing like fives, so he's spacing out the fives, and it gets all crazy and complicated, and it's just just, just like snowball of all this <laughs> wildness, and it's like 
awesome because if you would have played just two and four of this song would suck it's like, like, like for real. Like if you just heard like him just playing a groove behind the back of it, yeah. it would have no way, like nowhere to go. Like at that point, like playing chops for that style of music is needed. Yeah. Otherwise, your song is gonna sound lame, and they're which, all gonna sound the same. Yeah, it's like you just sound like every other metal band starting out, which is weird. <clears throat> like, if like and like the whole like aspect like. You own like the rock and pop and stuff side, and everything's like you got to keep it simple. And then you get like the metal; it's like the more complicated, the more crazy it sounds. It's like the better it is. Yeah, yeah. it means being subjective, you know. But you get in that part where like it's almost required and needed. And if you don't do it, you're well, like you're you said, kinda, that's you're, where you're kind of like lame, like like a square. Like oh, you don't play thirty second notes going down the toms. What are you doing? You know, what are you are you in a doom metal band playing eighty eight BPM? Like, no, I play technical death metal, but I guess not. You know, like at that point you have to play Yeah. You have to be almost crazy with it, otherwise the song has like nowhere to go. True and that, no, and that style uh, of writing. I learned yeah. that in Fort Bayou Slim playing all those years with them, uh, which is a blues band, so everything is either in six eight or it's a shuffle. Mm. And I mean, there might have been a couple songs that were like on the funkier side that had a money beat, but 85% of it was either the typical 6 8 blues yeah. pattern or a, a upbeat shuffle. You can only do that so many times where it's like, oh, another one. So I had to learn how to spice up a shuffle eight different ways and spice up a typical blues beat eight different ways. Yeah. Swing it a little more on this one, open the hi hat a little bit more on this one, accent, you know. Like really try to change it up because, like you said, otherwise it all just sounds like boom, 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 okay, boom, 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 all night long gets yeah. old, you know. So you got to learn how to mess with those beats to make it, and that's a that is that's that's what the kind of chop I like. Yeah, even though it's not a chop, but like messing with what you have to work with as yeah. opposed to like, well, I'm gonna throw this in there, and they go, well, that didn't sound right at all. <laughs> gotta make sense in the musical context you know the, exactly just taking if you play like that shuffle on um, whatever you might displace it or something yeah, yeah. I don't know whatever man it's just any little thing that might sound interesting to you but you know it's gonna still blend in and everything so yeah cause if that um, pulse is there everybody's good mm -hmm. and uh, ma mainly you know we talk about the pulse for us and then oh well, you know you have the pulse so the band doesn't lose it but we forget about the main thing if there's no pulse, you can't dance to it. Yeah. And that's our job in the first place is that, that people came to watch you and they at the very least want to tap their foot. That's all I care about, man. Like when people come up and say, man, I was dancing to that song and I see heads bobbing out there and I'm like, all right, it's good, you know. It makes you want to just stay in that pocket and do whatever, you know. You might throw a little something here and there, but that's what I want to see when I play out in the crowd, just like people just like, yeah, you know, I'm digging into it you know? that's most of the people yeah. watching i do is yeah how am i doing measured as to how you like i tell you a good a good uh example is footloose yeah we play that all the time and i can tell if i'm playing footloose too fast or not by whether they can do the dance you know yeah. it's got that specific dance. and if they can't really keep up i'm like oh okay slow it down you're a little too excited yeah. slow it down a little bit and then they oh okay now they're doing the little kick kick woo you know that's how I judge just by looking at the crowd by the usually it's the girls that come up front and they go to do the footloose dance. And I know whether I'm on point or not, whether they can do the dance or not. 
Yeah. You know, if I'm doing, if I'm playing way too fast, they're like, oh, I can't <laughs> kick off your Sunday <laughs> shoes. Like, <laughs> there's no. <laughs> they're burning their Sunday shoes. Yeah. That cardio version. Right yeah, there. Really, yeah. <laughs> you got Richard Simmons in the background. <laughs> one, two, three, four, and one. Slow it down, Stephen. One, two, three. <laughs> trying to do the Charleston and not spill it. The Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so before we move on any further, What's our uh, comment section looking like? Let's see. Um, we got Derek Fountain says Cedric has the best laugh. Oh, and he's a badass drummer. And then he, then Derek continues, I've never been one for the Music Olympics. Well, okay, I'm with you on the Music Olympics, but I've been hyping up this episode for two weeks now. And what do you think I've been talking about? Cedric's knowledge of drums? No. <laughs> Cedric's touring experience? No. His laugh. I have mocked your laugh. For two weeks now, everybody talked to him like, dude, it's going to be great because you're going to hear him every couple of seconds going. <laughs> exactly. So you are right, Derek. But yes, Musical Olympics, not that much fun. But, you know, we're, we're here for Cedric's laugh, yeah. to be oh, honest yeah. with you. Oh, um, we got Dave Drake, uh, the wizard. Speaking of younger, be on the lookout for an 11-year-old named Tristan and his dad sat in on my kit Saturday night at the Bayou and killed it on Pride and Joy. The kid is for real. The kid can mad shuffle, and I told his dad about the Juke Joint Jam. Awesome. Yeah, man. That's very cool. I mean, we've birthed a lot of drummers there, and we don't mind bringing a little youngster in, sneaking him in, you know, don't no alcohol, yeah. you know, sneaking him in, let him play, and then kicking him out the door. <laughs> that'll be that'll be awesome. That's, that's how, and uh, that's going to be a story for when we bring him on, but that's how I got set up with Hanser. 15 years ago was getting snuck into the bar play <laughs> your songs and get out like you mean i can't no you can't hang out you can't talk to the musicians you have to go yeah. was well, that the same with dakota back in the day too mm, not that i remember but i do remember the first time dakota came out i don't think he was of age it was just noonan was still doing the gig but noonan couldn't make it the one night so dakota came in and filled in and i think matt was even late coming from a gig that night and kind of the same situation where he uh, he wasn't old enough to. Amber, same thing. Amber, a lot of the times uh, when she really started playing, yeah. she, when she was at the juke joint, she was 20. She was not 21. How recently? I didn't know Amber was Well, she's 25, 26 now. Oh, so yeah. this was a while back. Yeah. But when she first started playing out, she wasn't of age you know, either. So, it, I mean, I think it's a very typical thing because, to be honest with you, if you're 11 years old or anything around in the teen – you're not there to drink a beer. You want you're just a, you're happy enough to get to play with some real players. Yeah. So you're and I was too. I was like, I don't care about beer. I wanna I wanna do they pride just, and joy. They don't want to have them around <laughs> that influence, I guess. Yeah, but, you know? I, but at I, least for me and everybody that's ever ever come to the juke joint, oh yeah. we make sure it's like, nah, you know, we'll talk to them and you know, we play the music. Don't be smoking cigarettes around them or drinking beer. Like everybody's always been pretty cool about that. Yeah. So it's definitely a positive environment, I would say, um, on a side note, I mean that's pretty much before I joined Magnolia Bar and I had no band, man. That that place really was a and a you haven, griped, man, and you griped and griped and griped. <laughs> oh man, I don't have anybody to play I with. Mean, I, I was, like, was. Man, <laughs> just keep coming out to the juke joint. Eventually, somebody will see you. <laughs> and who was right at the end of the day? You ended up with a cross country touring band. 
all that griping <laughs> you do. Oh man, I ain't got nobody to play with. I was like, I mean, the juke was cool. I'm like, when am I get my own band? And you now know, you can right shut up because you've got exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> and you're here I'm on this like podcast. A big old baby, like, who are you being? Oh man, that's but it. no, it's great, that's it. man. It's uh, it's been fun. Uh, if any of y'all live in the area, definitely check it out. I plan on making a trip out myself again at some point. I keep. I don't saying, care if you live in this area or not. Yeah. I want to see Mike Malone booking a flight. I want to see Josh Breslow booking a flight. <laughs> I want to see Mark Witten book. I want to see all you guys at some point be like, hey man, by the way, I'm in town this week, and I want to see what this juke joint's all about, and I want to be on the podcast. And you are more yeah. than welcome. To yeah. be on the podcast, dude. I'm telling you, there there's been some epic. Uh, what was that night after the Cubs? Was it like 2014? Was it J Rod that was down here? It was a bunch of music. Remember before they tore that wall down in the Juke, and it was still on that small stage. I don't remember this, dude. I remember it. It's like it was. It was like it was a couple guys from Jackson. Um, I think they had cute, dude. It was insane. Like I got up and played. And I think. It, there's a J Rod and a C Rod, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, J Rod was there. I think he was playing with like Mississippi Mass Choir or something at the time or something like that. But uh, they came down, man. It was just like fire musician after fire musician that night, dude. I was so, I mean, I was intimidated, but I was so inspired after watching yeah. these guys play. I was like, dude, I want to get like that. No, I love shows at least like that. Half, like, dude. It's rare that we have we had nights like that at the juke, but man, you just never know who's gonna come and just come out and get inspired, man, and and be positive and spread that love of music around your fellow musicians, man. It's it's a great spot to go to. Wow, that's all I'm saying. Super positive vibes, man. It's great. I mean, I'm real. I'm serious about it. I mean, that's where I pretty much played music until I got a band, man. It's 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 super fun. Well, we love it, and that's why you know that's why I come out there for. No, almost no money every Sunday for 10, ten years, years. Yeah, because I can't tell you how many man. people I've met because of it. I can't tell you how many stupid fun times I've had yeah, on stage and off stage. How many? You know, there's been so many good memories from that, yeah. and uh, you know that that we're that we're coming up on ten years is really freaking me out because that lets me know how old I am. <laughs> That's how I met Stephen. Was I I was at work and then. Uh, Someone was like, you should probably go to the juke on the weekends. It's like, it's a thing to do. I was like, all right. Because I, I went to Adventures because someone told me to when I yeah. got off work. Because like when I got um, of age in college, when I came home, I really didn't go anywhere besides the grocery. Yeah. Because uh, Sebastian Rayback, uh, who plays with uh, his girlfriend and Bastion, uh, him and Amber, I would just go see them play and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'd go around and I'd always see – like the juke joint I'd pass by going on. I was like, that place just looks gross. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember being Mizos too when I was younger. Uh, uh, I used to like ride my bike in downtown and everything. I was like, this place looks disgusting. I'm going to stay away from it. Now you can't uh, stay away. No, I do. I can't stay away now. Ooh, uh, and then just one night, someone was like, you should definitely go to the juke joint. Like, All right, cool. I'll go on a Sunday because tomorrow's my slow day. So if I go there and have fun, cool. I won't be miserable for six hours instead of a 10-hour shift. So I showed up and he was there. I was like, "Oh, I play." And it's that it's that it, for me. Sometimes it's good. Most of the time, it's not. It's you know, I'm at the juke. I have the drum kit set up, and I'm standing out front before we start. And some dude walks up to me and is like, "Hey, man, I play drums. Can I sit in?" And I'm like, "Oh, Jesus, here we go." And that's what he did. That's what he did. Hey, man, 
can I play your drums? I'm like, okay. And then Jarrett got it. I might have played a few songs, and then Jarrett got up there, and I swear to God, it was like he started playing, and I was like, this kid knows what he's like. He can play, actually, yeah. really play, and not uh, like he didn't come out flashy. He wasn't yeah. trying to be like, look at me. He and and that was the start of that whole thing. Yeah. Um, so we've always been super lucky with that place, and I hope that we have it. You know, I know yeah. we won't have it forever, but I hope we have it for a long time because. It's it's that thing for Sunday. Everybody yeah, around here dude, knows. It really, man. I I still tell people to this day, like any musicians I run across, I'm like, dude, go to the juke joint. It's at y'all moved it to ten now, right? Or it's eleven. Still 11. 11. eleven to three. Yep. Yeah. Great hours. Eleven yes. to three o'clock in the morning. Don't so. you want to be at that gig? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want to hang out with us in the parking lot talking about drums till four forty five a.m.? Well, I mean, if you, hey. It'd be like that. <laughs> it All the time. Every Sunday, it is like There's that. There's been plenty of times I've been out there, dude. We didn't leave till that sun came up, and you're just dead like, <sighs> but yeah, such a good ago. time. <laughs> yeah, like I, I play flute, by the way, now. <laughs> <laughs> so that one guy, yeah, I'm, uh, a, I'm in a Jethro Tull cover band. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's but, great, uh, and hopefully, yeah. like I said, we'll have it forever. So um, that being said, anything else in the comments before we try to get out of here? That's it. Sweet. Well, thank you so much, Cedric, for taking time out of your schedule to come out and hang with us. I know I enjoyed it. I knew it was going to be a lively episode. Um, I think the takeaway from our discussion is today is obviously there's nothing wrong with chops. It's coming from the man right here. But you just got to know when to do it, how to do it, you know, proper implementation. We're not ragging on choppers at all. Nope. Um, but we have wanted to talk about this for quite a while so like i said thank you for coming and joining in this conversation with us we do appreciate it. i know you had to take the day off so oh man um, anytime you know. bro you know i'm here oh we're, you're, 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 this is not your last <laughs> last appearance i got about nine dudes i gotta get through and then we're gonna loop back around to Derek, and then we're gonna come back around to you so yep. it's not gonna be your last time and i'm i'm trying to figure out a way because i have more space on this board i can put two more mics in here i want to try to get like Five of us in here at round, one time. Round table. Yeah, like a round table. Ted and talks. if I knew how to do it audio wise, I would do the same thing with the drummer hangout and just go live. Yeah, that'd um, be dope. I don't know how we do that. Um it's I'm sure it's possible. Uh, maybe put like a couple what cameras. Is that? That's That's airplane. Airplane. Oh Lord, I can hear it in the <laughs> microphone. We um, currently air are airing next to an airport. Well, not next to, but under pretty, the flight yeah. path for sure. Yeah, real close. <laughs> but uh, yeah. that's what I think. I, I want to maybe try to do that. Is like do the same thing. Set the five kits up. Have everybody here. The cameras are easy because I put like GoPro, GoPro main, and then like maybe you think it would work if I just put a good mic in the center of the room. Probably, probably do to like catch a everything. Probably like to both just to do two XYs and just get yeah. So maybe we'll, we'll you know, but we we got things cooking, Cedric. Hey, we have things cooking. You just let me know and I'll show up. Bro. We definitely will. So again, <laughs> thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you to everybody for joining in this evening. Thank you for Josh for sending in his uh, viewer submission. Thank you for all of the comments and questions for Cedric. Um, Jared, anything you need to get off your chest before we get out of here? Nope, uh, I'm good. Awesome, awesome. Anything you you want to mention your uh, your socials again before we break? Um, Magnolia Bayou, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can check out my personal Facebook, Instagram if you feel so inclined. Also, I forgot to mention www.magnoliabayou.com. 
is where we currently have our merch tour dates and etc if you want to know more about the band go check that out and don't be afraid to message us if you uh, are interested in anything magnolia bayou related we love you guys yes awesome band you know and uh, obviously you saw on the video a killer drummer so thank you again for another great week and as usual we'll catch you on the next one later guys we are out of here